1: Talk about the games, Sam. So he cares about what people think about us.
0: Yeah, like football, I like the ball, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast, E Palzolo, Sam Monson. We're back together. Uh, by the way, really early on Monday morning, yeah. just, just this week, back to our uh, in-season time slot here on YouTube at 7 a.m. We'll be back to 9 a.m. next week, but uh, studio's in use today.
1: A little early this week because we're, uh, we're making room for people to use the studio later on. Yeah, potential number one overall picks. They're coming in and they're doing stuff. So. We're team players here at the
0: PFF NFL Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely, always, always have been. Um, so, yeah, we're early here on YouTube. Appreciate everybody who always joins us live. Um, And again, you know, all week we're live on Wednesday, about 1 o'clock. Live on Thursday, 10.30 a.m. So, uh, you know, set your reminders. Subscribe and, you know, set, uh, what do you have? Whatever, notifications and stuff on YouTube. Mm. But that's for like everything on the channel. We need a PFF NFL podcast specific notification. Okay. That's what we really need. Anyway, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We're doing a post-free agency mock draft because everybody loves mock drafts. And we're probably going to do one per week between here and the, and, uh, the draft.
1: Because a bunch of stuff just changed.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff just changed. A lot including, of different... Uh, including, like, draft picks no longer being there. <laughs> a lot of draft picks moving. You know, teams like the Packers now have multiple first-round picks. The uh, Seahawks have a first-round pick now, mm. which is nice to get a them rarity. back in the mix. Yep. The, uh, uh, who else just traded? The Browns just traded their first-rounder to the Texans. So we've got a lot of movement here. Yeah.
1: And the Raiders now have a bunch of first round. Like you were saying, what seven teams now don't have a first round pick? There are now seven teams, which we've decided must be a record, but we can't be bothered to check.
0: No, somebody, can we get somebody on that? What's the record for teams without a first round pick?
1: Seven's a lot. I mean, it's almost a quarter of the league. If my math is correct, that's true. It is. You know, we're PFF, so we could do that stuff off the top of our head. Well, I can't, but I can check with Eric, you know. yeah, He can probably
0: verify it for me. Why don't you check that See, I'll DM him right there. But there are teams like the Raiders don't pick until 86. The Rams don't pick until 104. I mean, we've got, um, just look at the PFF mock draft simulator, which is great, over at PFF.com. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through. Uh, a mock draft and, uh-huh. uh, and talk through because not only that's
1: is it where great, we have the most fun, we'll be using it here uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll flash up every now and again' where we'll show you the the draft that we're doing, so we'll be paying attention to it live you know via our laptops, but you'll also see it every now and again. the mock draft sim that's where you can kind of get a quick glance uh keep track of what the hell we're doing here in this mock
0: um, if you do want to go back the last few episodes from us. We've been, uh, we did our, our favorite and least favorite picks on Thursday coming out of free agency for all 32 teams. We went through each team, um, all of our free agency reactions on the big shows last week. And then, of course, the PFF NFL Daily hit some of the bigger topics. Instant reaction to Devontae Adams being traded, Deshaun Watson being traded. So all that stuff is on both feeds, and that's yeah. the uh, that's the crucial bit here. You're on our PFF NFL podcast feed. Also, you have the PFF NFL Daily. Make sure you get all of that.
1: The Daily is a good one to go back and check for the last sort of few days because a lot of that news has hit since our last big show, right, since the, the last one of these we did – the Deshaun Watson deal, the Devontae Adams deal, those have all gone down. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this show talking about them because we already hit them on the daily and because we have a mock draft to get through, we do. which will take some time. Um, so go listen to those dailies for our thoughts on those, particularly the Deshaun Watson thing, right? Because that that's a minefield to navigate. It's a weird situation. It's, it's a complex, um, emotive thing to be talking about which we tried to cover as best as possible when it broke down, you know, we're not going to spend the next half an hour navigating those waters here. Uh, So go listen to the NFL Daily for the last few days to get our thoughts on those.
0: All right, finally, we've got our uh, charity drives going. Yes. Of course, your pins tweet and my pins tweet, head-to-head charity drive with Sam potentially doing TikTok videos.
1: Also in the description of the YouTube
0: video. Yes. Uh, TikTok videos per Jackson Mahomes. You know, Sam's impersonation. And then me doing combine drills uh, for an homage. (laughs) That's what he deserves. An homage to uh, to
1: Jackson Mahomes
0: TikTok. Yeah, he he needs a little bit of that. Um, Yeah, so go check those out either in the description or at PFF
1: underscore Sam at PFF underscore Steve. Yeah, there's, there's three ways of motivating people for this, right? Number one, the good cause, the charity itself that we're donating to. So I am raising money for Sunshine Kids, which is a group that, Puts on activities for kids that have cancer, tries to uh, let them feel a little bit like, you know, kids as opposed to people with an illness for a little period of time. Great cause. Uh, Number two, the thing that we're going to do when we raise the money, me dressing up like Jackson Mahomes and doing a TikTok dance, whatever in God's name that looks like. It's not going to be fun for me, for you, probably a lot more. And number three, if and when we clear this charity drive, that's when we'll be doing the next baseball one where we have to see what I can pitch on a radar gun yeah we'll go we'll go back to the field and I think all of us are itching to do that one so the quicker we get through these the quicker we can get to that one which means you guys need to donate some money
0: yeah and uh, we appreciate everybody that's donated already absolutely and uh, all those who will eventually donate and uh, yeah I do want to get to see in uh, how fast you can throw
1: I almost went out putting yesterday. the gear on to catch me again and all that stuff I almost went out with a with a neighbor yesterday just to I'm intensely curious that if I just roll out there and throw something, what the number is before anything, right? If you roll out and throw, it's like 48, 48, 49. I and mean, look, I'm not. Argue, look, the numbers, the over-under has been set. The numbers have been thrown out all over the place. I'm now just curious. Okay. That's all I'll say. I am too.
0: So let's get, <laughs> let's get all these charity drives going. All right, it's mock draft season. So uh, let's get into it. Here's what we're going to do: uh, we'll talk through the picks and the teams and just kind of come to a consensus. Mm -hmm. Um, Just putting us on the spot here, I do want to have a fan-driven mock draft later this year. So later this draft season, we do need to have something where our our listeners are involved here. So we're going to do all sorts of different styled mock drafts.
1: This is one of those things that you keep bringing up. Now that I did it on air, we have to do it. And that's fine. I maintain... That it is a giant pain in the ass. And as long as you're the one that's willing to suffer that pain in the ass. We build up. Do whatever listen, you like. We have, to, we have to build up. I'll sit in the chair. I'll talk it through with you, but you've got to deal with
0: whatever that is. We just is. need to listen to the chat. And yeah. um, we have polls in the chat and everything. Uh-huh. And we just, we trust the people. As I say, as long as you're willing to do it all. If I could trust my six year old to mock draft, we could trust our listeners. That's my thought. Okay. Harry put out his first mock draft last week. It was, had some issues. Yeah. Drafted Sam Howell to the Chargers. I think he might have been a miss, but he had some good ones. Sauce Gardner to the Vikings. He had, he had some hits in there. Loves the mock draft. Sam. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock at number one overall. So, again, we'll talk through this. So, we'll do other mock drafts where we kind of go like head-to-head. You pick a team, I pick a team. We did that last year as well. Um, you've put out your own mock draft. I've put out my own. This one will come to a consensus. We'll, uh, you and I. We'll come to a pick. We'll work Mm. through it together. Jaguars at one after uh, making a ton of moves. There you see it on the screen on YouTube. Um, After making a ton of moves here this offseason during free agency and everything, the Jaguars uh, filling pretty much a spot per position, right, with Christian Kirk at receiver, Evan Ingram at tight end, Folo Fatakasi on the defensive line. I mean, they've gone up and down the roster and tried to fill a bunch of needs. I do like that. Whether or not the price was right is a whole different story. But uh, where do you think – with cam robinson being franchised at left tackle with not really a lot being added on the edge as far as the defensive line goes for the jaguars is this really locking aiden hutchinson in at number one
1: yeah interestingly the there was a lot of buzz at the combine that the jags were going to be in on teron armstead and we're going to be signing him at left tackle that didn't happen or hasn't happened yet um so that's one aspect of this, is at the time or just before the combine, Evan Neal and the, the group of offensive tackles were all favorite to go number one overall. Then that buzz started, then the Cam Robinson thing happened, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we've pivoted away from that, and now it's Aiden Hutchinson. Um, the Armstead thing hasn't materialized, so maybe you're saying, okay, Cam Robinson on his own is enough to keep you away from those tackles and, and send you towards an edge rusher, um, which is fine. I I'm still not sure it should be, but it does it does seem like Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the
0: pick. Well, where would I I picked Aiden Hutchinson in my, my last mock draft. That's where I would go if I was the Jaguars. Again, to reiterate, I don't think I think Hutch is probably a tick below some of the best edge prospects that we've seen over the last, you know, seven or eight years, the Miles Garrett's the Boses, and Chase Young's of the world. But I think I like Hutchinson as the number one player in this draft. So that's where where I would have gone pre-free agency. And I do think that's the play for
1: the Jags. My starting point is still what is best for Trevor Lawrence because that's really the only question the Jags should be asking themselves at any point during this offseason. And what is best for Trevor Lawrence should still be some kind of player on offense. And at number one, it's probably one of the tackles. So you're going to argue with me on this? I'm just – so – the, the problem with that is there's a clear number one edge rusher. There isn't a clear number one offensive tackle. And the the level of the edge rusher is probably higher than the level of the offensive tackle. So I think that alone may end up just sort of for ease of running it through. You, you pick the edge rusher. So let's go Hutch number one. Yeah.
0: Company guys here too, you know hutch podcast and all that stuff you got to take it no that's not that's not an influence on us i'm going i'm going aiden hutchinson number one for the jacksonville jaguars he'll join josh allen on that defensive line dwayne smoot kayla von Jason, obviously a a position they've tried to invest in in recent years with just josh allen breaking out a little bit last year um but still a position of need and uh look i think i think that's the play for the jack so add agent aiden hutchinson there look at that right up there on the screen Add him to the Jags, uh, along with all those other free agents. That's that puts the Detroit Lions on the clock, and we've hit the pivot point in the draft. The
1: pivot point, yeah, number
0: two, yeah. Okay. I mean, number one's kind of a pivot point because it's the same question. You know, if you're just looking at the PFF plus consensus draft board, you have Kyle Hamilton, number two, the safety out of Notre Dame. Uh, you have Kay, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge defender out of Oregon. There's a couple different ways that the Lions can go. They released uh, Trey Flowers just after we fixed the Lions and said, hey, maybe they're going to release or trade Trey Flowers. So obviously that didn't work out. Um, I don't know if it's leaning toward a guy like Thibodeau and going uh, you know, back to the trenches and uh, to an edge defender at a position of need. But there's a lot of positions in need for the Lions, which is why they could go uh, a few different ways here.
1: Yeah, um, and I think they would be a team that would love to trade down. We'll say that a few times in the top of the, this draft. I don't see anybody I don't see that materializing there's been a lot of buzz that the Lions will end will draft a quarterback here Malik Willis because he could go as high as number two which would be mind-blowing even if you just reverse a couple of weeks and say when is the top quarterback going to go we were saying none of them are worth it but somebody's going to go top ten nine to Denver right back when they had a first round pick in the top ten because there was going to be a team desperate enough to do it now you would say maybe Carolina is that team desperate enough to do it um, Detroit, I don't think, should be desperate enough to, to have to do that. But if Malik Willis is the guy and he's the one whose draft stock is kind of raising based off the physical tools and stuff, it's possible. I, If I was the Lions in year two of this rebuild project, I wouldn't risk Malik Willis at number two overall here. There's a lot of people
0: saying the way that the quarterback carousel has gone is, is an indicator of what people believe in this right quarterback nobody class. wants any part of the rookies right i mean so the, the browns were sitting there at 13 they obviously go all in for Deshaun Watson so they didn't even think hey we're moving on from Baker Mayfield don't worry we'll at least get one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft they're not even thinking like that um the panthers have been all in they're sitting there at number 6 and you know they're at the they're in the middle of their rebuild right and so the panthers aren't even thinking oh we'll just get the top guy in the in the draft class no they want to mortgage everything for whichever top quarterback was out there so I do think it does speak to the quarterback class a little bit. Uh, there are also people out there who think that just, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes had a shootout, so you have to go get the best quarterbacks. I, I, don't, I, I think that's oversimplifying the NFL. Like, <clears throat> the NFL didn't need one explosive playoff game to, to learn that the quarterback is extremely valuable, um, you know, as far as last year goes. So I'm with you. I don't think the Lions are going to go quarterback here. So what's the next best option for them
1: i mean at this point in the rebuild you're looking for the perimeter players you're looking for defensive banks you're looking for receivers um the way they've done so far in free agency they've taken a couple of small calculated risks at that receiving group you already had a monrus and brown from last year you bring in dj chark to potentially be your deep threat the you got the will fuller deal right the one year nine million type of deal Uh, to try and be that guy, now you need the number one wide receiver to come in there and make the whole thing tick. I don't think that guy is worthy of number two in this draft. I just don't think there's no Jamar Chase in this draft. So that sends you to the defensive side of the ball, and you're looking at Hamilton, you're looking at Derek Stingley, you're looking at Sauce Gardner. So I I
0: do think Thibodeau's in play here, though. They get rid of Trey Flowers on the edge, because I'm with you on all that stuff on the perimeter player. They bring back Charles Harris, they have Romeo Aquara, so they have a couple edges. But there's something in the safety of Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau versus
1: the more volatile players as far as the perimeter players go. Do you think for a second that um, Dan Campbell, Mr. Grit, Mr. Kneecap Biting, is going to hitch his wagon to a dude with his own cryptocurrency as his... Marquee edge rusher at number two overall. Yeah, good point. We're out on Thibodeau.
0: Not happening. We're out. I, I've put Kyle Hamilton there in the past, even though you know most of the time you're not going to put a safety there. He's he's a potentially special player. Six yeah. foot four, range, can play multiple safety positions. And really, look, there's not a lot of force multipliers uh, at the safety position. Guys that just let you do different things or or put them into roles that are uh, that are unique from down to down, I think Hamilton has that ability, yeah, they brought back Tracy Walker, the other free,
1: uh, the free safety position though, still a question mark for the Lions. I wonder if Hamilton could be the player. I think he should be Hamilton, I think, scared a few people off with his combine, where he ran what a four six flat ish in the 40. Um, but number one, he did that at six, four two hundred and twenty pounds so it 's not a bad time when you 're that size. Number two, if he had tape where he didn't show insane range and flying out of you know center field and those kinds of things and posted that speed you'd be like okay maybe that is a concern maybe you don't have the range to to be a factor on in any coverage or on any play in the NFL but that's the exact opposite of what his tape shows like his tape leads the leads the nation in plays where he like shows up from nowhere right like it, he can get to the sideline from the middle of the field at which point I don't care what his 40 time is. So throw him in there.
0: Our guy Tebow. So, yeah, we're going to select Kyle Hamilton, number two, to the Detroit Lions. So Hutchinson, number one, to the Jags. Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of uh, Notre Dame, to the Lions at number two. Our guy Timo on PFF.com also did an article which was kind of like projecting 40 using non-40 times, broad jump and all these other things. Hamilton's one of those guys who – who's projected 40 based off the other numbers looks higher Right. It's, it's a way to kind of like replicate game speed and honestly when you watch Hamilton run the 40 just his 10 yard sprint was so far off as far as technique goes and he took too many steps and all these different things that don't really matter on the football field but they do matter as far as the time goes I mean they could shave you know 0.2 off your time so you could you can kind of explain away I think Hamilton's 40 mm-hmm. in that respect so Hamilton to the Lions. That puts the Texans on the clock. Now the Texans have two picks, both three and thirteen, which is good because if you go to the mock draft simulator, their needs are every position. Yeah, and I don't think we're being mean to the Texans. It's just they don't really have long term answers at any
1: position. The project starts here. This pick, we've been like, remember last time we got through the Texans and it was like evaluating their moves is a total waste of time because they're not they're not trying to achieve anything. They're they're not. They're not honestly making moves to make, like, to improve. They're making moves that just stall, that just kill time until they can get this Deshaun Watson deal done. They can get all the the drafts haul for him, and they can actually start the project. Well, that happened. Deshaun Watson is gone. They got the three first-round picks. The deal is done. Now you start. This is where the Texans actually start whatever the hell project they've been plotting for the last couple of years since they hired Nick Casario. now now is where we see it so this is actually fascinating normally the first draft pick of a new regime that doesn't have a quarterback is going to be quarterback it's almost certainly not going to be for Houston because there isn't one that you want to take at number three so where do you go what is your first building block of of a new franchise effectively
0: yeah, and th- there are reports that they're just going to you know use their picks and build around Davis Mills. I, I really think that's also just, uh, hey, there's not a quarterback that we yeah. love here type of answer. Uh, this is where I start to look at the tackles. So uh, same guys are in play. Kayvon Thibodeau, Edge from Oregon. The three tackles, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, Icky Ikuanu from North Carolina State, or Evan Neal from Bama. Um, again, going back to my previous mocks, I think Neal – so of the three tackles, Charles Cross a little bit pass block heavy – Better there, Ikpeazu. Better as a run blocker. I think Evan Neal's the best combination of both. I would lean Neal here, with the assumption that I'm also going to trade Laramie Tunsil. Right. Sure. If, if we're going to go, the starting left tackle Tunsil has value on the trade market. My last two assets, to tradable assets, if I'm the Texans, Laramie Tunsil and wide receiver Brandon Cooks. I'm going to make the assumption that those things are still going to happen. We're going to add more draft capital to the Texans, and uh, I like tackle as a play here,
1: where would you go? Uh, I agree. I think that in a different world, the Texans, like if Kyle Hamilton makes it past Detroit, he would be an interesting pick for them. I think because Houston has this freedom of needing everything, you can afford to go in weird directions that most teams wouldn't go in. You know, if you had a few holes but not everything, you might not want to saddle everything to the safety, right? Because safety is not generally a position that moves the needle in that way. But if you need everything, you have the luxury of being able to chase a dude that's just potentially great. So that that would be one that would intrigue me. But obviously in this scenario, he's gone. I don't know if you can... Derek Stingley has massive potential, but also massive risk. And you probably don't want that first building block to carry with it that kind of risk. So I I think I agree, just from default position, you end up going tackle, and it's pick your favorite building block left tackle.
0: Stingley's still high on our board. I, I don't think from a full consensus board standpoint, I think he's going to drop. I think because of the way the NFL works, he'll drop, and he
1: he might drop quite a lot. So, yeah.
0: so how do you want to play this as far as the mock draft goes? Because we have Stingley high, but there's also the reality that he might not be picked until 10 to 20.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think we do this as if we were the GM of all these teams, but then I at least have some sort of acknowledgement of what a team just simply isn't going to do.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think Stinkley is going to be in play in this top six or seven agree. like we anticipated maybe. Maybe with the Giants technically, but... I think you pick you pick
1: not- one of the tackles and Evan Neal to me is the cleanest of the three and the most sort of, the most NFL appropriate, the, mo- the, the most NFL uh, prototypical in terms of yeah. good at everything, you know, has a clean pass blocking bill, Doesn't have the questions. Ikiwanu is like his calling card is dominant run blocking. And as good as Charles Cross is and looks to be, the history of that offense scares the crap out of me when it comes to projecting a tackle. Mike Leach oh, offense, Mississippi yes. State. Yep. You know, uh, classic run—not uh, run and shoot. Um,
0: air raid. Air raid.
1: That's yeah. the word. The phrase I'm looking for. Classic air raid style of offense and that just doesn't, it doesn't play NFL concepts as yeah. much as everything else. And as, and as much as he looks like he's capable of doing that and has a few plays in there, I, that, that's, a, that's a lot of projection for me for a guy like Charles Cross. All right, let's do it.
0: Evan Neal, Alabama. We're taking him at number three overall to the Houston Texans. Before we get the Jets up on the clock, Reminder that the PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home? Planning to start a family? Wondering how to make your money grow? Well, Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. All right, the Jets are on the clock for pick number four. They also have pick number ten. Uh, if you did listen to the PFF NFL Daily, did we post that audio last night? It was, it was at least on YouTube last night. But today's Daily, which has been coming out early because that's what we're doing here in free agency. Today's Daily, I did mention the Jets as one of the teams I really liked what they were doing in free agency because they're now um, not as need-heavy going into the draft here. So at 4-10, and 10, I think the Jets have an opportunity to hit some home runs. Um, all that said, for me, the home run would be Stingley, who we just said— probably doesn't go in the top 10 anymore that'd be the home run for me if i'm the jets they have added uh, they do have bryce hall they have added dj reed at corner again it it, they're not it's not as glaring of a need but i think corner is a place that they could still address the defensive line that's like the one place that they didn't put a ton of resources here during free agency in part because they have carl lawson who they invested in last offseason they did bring in jacob martin so, again, there's not a lot of just pure starters that are needed for the Jets based off their depth chart. But I do think Kayvon Thibodeau, if he's there at four, given what Robert Sala wants on the defensive line, I do think that's been a part of their free agency strategy. I do think Thibodeau's the guy
1: they're expecting to get there at four. Hmm. Okay. Um. I mean, I think they're definitely going defense. Like, that, that would be the main thing. This top pick, yes, they need – one of their biggest needs is still that number one wide receiver. Again, though, I think the same thing is true. Like, there isn't a Jamar Chase in this draft, at least in terms of prospect. So, I, I don't think the Jets are going to take a guy that high. If you want a receiver at 10, yes, he should be there. Right. Also, because we're mock drafting for every team, we have a feeling right. there could be a receiver there. Which, though, in a weird way, there's something, it's bizarre when like you get that strategy of like if you if you think a guy is the guy, go get him wherever the hell you pick. It's weird. If you think Drake London is that elite number one wide receiver, why would you wait to ten to get him when he's available at four and you can just guarantee it. On the other hand, there is something confidence is a determining factor in some of this, right? You can believe he's the guy, but be scared enough that he isn't, that you're gonna wait six picks. Yeah. So I, I think you're looking at defense. Um whether or not like This is where I think you have to evaluate, what do you think of those cornerbacks? Because cornerback, if they hit, is such a tremendously valuable position on defense to your team. Generally, Derek Stingley has shown that elite level of play. Okay, It was a couple of years ago, but showing it in the first place is way more important than when he showed it because of what we know about volatility, all those kinds of things. You ask yourself, what do you think about Sauce Gardner? Student didn't give up a touchdown in college. Now, okay, he didn't play in the SEC every week, so there's something to that. But also there, you know, has freakish length, size, absolute prototype in the NFL, rolls into the combine, runs a 4-4 four, four flat, answers any questions about his speed. That's a guy that could go as high as number four if a team think, falls in love with him. I do think Sauce becomes the top cornerback off the board now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – the only question about him before the combine was, does he have elite deep speed? It, it doesn't necessarily look like it on tape. The guy rolls out there and runs a 4-4 four, four flat, which isn't just like, yeah, he's probably, he's got, you know, he's faster than you might think he is. That's like, no, that's serious speed. Like 4-4 four, four flat is legit um, for a guy that size as well. And he doesn't have the questions that Stingley has in terms of the last couple of years, he's been injured and not playing that well. I could absolutely see him be in the top corner off the board. The question is... Could he go as high as number four? He could. I don't know if he will, though. If you're the Jets, you know. Look, we talk a lot
0: about building from back to front as far as the team goes. I do think there are certain schemes where that's less of an issue, right? Or, or I, I do think there are certain schemes who do rely on their pass rush more, right? So a lot of the the old pass rush versus coverage debate almost implied if you're gonna if, if you're gonna build with your corners first um, if you're going to build with corners first and pass rush second are you then scheming up pressure Right, because a lot of the assumption was what the Ravens do and what the Patriots have done which is you know, get really good corners and manufacture the pass rush that you're actually manufacturing it with you know, five man rushes and sugar blitzes and all these different things It's not really how the Jets want to play they want to win with a four man rush which means they, they do need to be better up there. And you do have, as I mentioned, Carl Lawson and Jacob Martin as your, as your edges. John Franklin Myers is there. Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins. They got a lot of big bodies. This is why I think they'd be leaning Thibodeau here. Whereas I, for me, I do think Gardner would be in play. And I got him competing with Bryce Hall. And I like Bryce Hall. Um, I'm not hitching my wagon to him completely. I like Bryce Hall on, in, you know, in my cornerback room competing. But if it's him and Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed as my potential top three or rotation there, I like that as well. Remember, I just also, think the Jets are going to lean Thibodeau if, if he's on the clock here.
1: Remember, they're also getting Carl Lawson for the first time.
0: No, I know Lawson and Jacob Martin are there. Bryce Huff. I yeah. mean, they've, but I don't know. I think this I mean, whole system relies on on those edges. They missed Lawson badly yeah. last year, and I don't think they want to have that happen again.
1: No, sure, but like that's a, in theory, that's an elite. Um, yeah, yeah, high end, big money free yeah. agent that just didn't show up last year because he got injured. So that's somebody they're they're counting on this season uh, being a factor that wasn't there at all last year. So yeah, I, th- that's their decision: is Thibodeau versus one of the corners. All right, where do you want to go? I would grab one of the corners. I think it's worth doing if you're the Jets. So we're just gonna really blow up this entire mock draft yeah. from what's gonna happen in reality. All right. In our world, is Stingley worth it? I think he should be. Like, Stingley showed elite 90-plus high-end coverage in the SEC as a true freshman. The best single, as far as value
0: goes and wins above average, which is a very good number as far as projecting players. It's the best single season we've ever seen from a corner
1: since doing this. And he did it at an incredibly young uh, age in a tough conference. That is... That shows the highest ceiling of any cornerback that we've seen come along. Now, since then, he's been injured and he hasn't reached that level of play again. But we know that cornerback play fluctuates, right, wildly. Like Jalen Ramsey had a couple of years where he was nowhere near as good as Jalen Ramsey in 2017 or Jalen Ramsey last year. Didn't mean that we stopped thinking Jalen Ramsey was a good corner. That's just the nature of cornerback play that happens. It goes goes good, it goes bad, it bounces around. You're at the mercy, essentially, of the offense that you're uh, playing against. The bigger concern is the injury stuff like I don't care that he wasn't as good the last couple of years as he was when he had that incredible freshman year I care more that a lot of it was because of injuries and so a big part of this is like where is he medically right what did you what did your doctors say about Derek Singley going forward and if they've cleared him if they're fine if that is checks out I'm a hundred percent on board with taking him at number three have our doctors cleared him for uh, I sure Derek Stingley, number four,
0: to the New York Jets. Done. This is what we would do for your Jets here. We're trying to hit home runs. And again, I think based off what they've done in free agency, trying to hit home runs okay. Right? Yeah. Trying to go for the high yeah. end. Plus, you get two picks. Try to hit home runs. I like it. All right. The other New York teams on the on the clock now. New York Giants at five. Don't forget, they, they're going to circle back. Also at seven. Thibodeau's on the clock for them. Plus the two tackles, Charles Cross, Iki Iguanu. I think both... I mean, look. If I think if you're the Giants and you're sitting here saying, in the next three picks, we can come away with Thibodeau as a pass rusher and one of these top two, uh, the top two remaining tackles to play right tackle for us, um, with Andrew Thomas playing left tackle, I think you're happy if you're the Giants. Yeah. Is that is that going to be the as Giants GMs here? Is that the way we want to play this?
1: Yeah. I mean, the Giants are a team I think that may well absolutely jump aboard the Thibodeau thing, and stop that halt. Um, they're also a team where, like, when you look at Iki Aquano's skill set, that dominant run blocking, it sort of screams classic right tackle. Now, that's not as simple as it used to be in the NFL, where you put the dominant run blocker on the right side, the dominant pass blocker on the left side, and that's the way you go about things. Um, there is still something sort of nice and fitting about that, though. Like, it, it fits the nice pattern you want to see. I also have a feeling if the Panthers go tackle, they're probably taking Charles Cross anyway. I think
0: Iguano's going to be there at seven, is my point. Okay. So I like the idea of taking Thibodeau here. Yeah, at I could see five. them halting that mini slide. Um, current edge rushers for the New York Giants, you've got Aziz Ojolari, uh, Quincy Roche, O'Shane Zimenez. I mean, none of, like, again, uh, Ojalari was drafted last year, you know. None of these guys are keeping you from, from drafting an edge rusher. I think need and value matches up. So I'm gonna let's go Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants here at five. So there's your edge defender. We'll talk about the Giants again in a couple picks. That puts the Panthers on the clock. What do we do here, Sam? This pick, we assumed the Panthers were either just not going to have it because yeah. they gave it up for whichever quarterback they traded for, or if they did have it, Everybody's been mocking an offensive lineman to them. Fair. But, again, when you're sitting
1: here with a drastic need. If the Panthers make it to, this, to the draft with this pick intact, they can't not use it on a quarterback. Right? Well, that, here's, so,
0: here's, here's the other reason why it's an issue. They don't pick again until 137.
1: Right. So, okay? it's, it's, so they have picked six and then pick 137. So what you're saying is we either draft a quarterback here or we have no quarterback for this year. And, okay, this is complicated by the fact that we are the GM and we don't have, like, fear of job security in this scenario. Everybody actually in that building does, though. Like, they can't go into this season without a quarterback or everybody's getting fired.
0: But we're, as GMs, we're also, you know, we're trying to maximize wins over the next two years, right? I mean, as, as a team or for the, for the foreseeable future. And if you're the Panthers, there's really no, there's no clear play here that does that. You, your couple of, here. Here are your options. Baker Mayfield's going to be on the trading block right now, so we can trade for
1: we could trade for Baker
0: Mayfield. You, you can't do that. Do you, you don't. It, but you don't have the draft picks to do. You'd have to trade
1: next year's second or third rounder, probably, or players, or players and for or players. Baker. I don't think he, Baker's. I mean, from the sounds of it, Baker has almost zero market. Like the the market for Baker is supposed to be like a mid round pick somewhere. I mean, I would do that if I was the Panthers. I don't. Th- again,
0: like it, at the same it, time, you're putting you're putting someone else's. We've said this before, but someone else's 2018 draft class cast off.
1: Yeah, having as you, just that, again. Having having just you just done that. Have you just done that, that. last night. Like this is a this is a building where people in there are desperately finding some way of not getting fired next year. Like we have zero quarterback. The strategy is is has gone to hell. We now need a desperate hail mary to avoid us getting fired by virtue of not having a quarterback. So you need to do something significant that you know is going to do that. Baker right now is a question mark for everybody. Nobody has any idea what he's going to do next year. So you can't – that can't be your answer. Like the Hail Mary is to bring in Baker and hope to God that he's better than he's shown the last – two, two out of his four years. It's just you're not going to make that bet if you're the Panthers. Okay. So we don't want to make the bet on Baker.
0: Our other options are Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota in free agency. I think Jameis wants to go to New Orleans. I think he's going to do that. Marcus Mariota could come in as our bridge quarterback so we could sign him. I mean, would you at least sign, try to sign Mariota just as, a, just as a fallback option and then draft somebody at six? Is anybody is, We're the GMs of the other teams. Do you have any interest in is, – is there any player as a different team that you want to come up and get here? No. You want to jump because there's no quarterback to trade up right. for. So we wouldn't do that. Is that. Would the NFL
1: even do that? I don't think so, no. I mean, the the NFL at this point is almost like daring the Panthers to reach on a quarterback. So Panthers at six. The
0: next closest teams who could want a quarterback are the Falcons at eight, division rivals. They, they both just failed in, in their attempt to trade for Deshaun Watson. The Seahawks at nine. Again, if they don't trade for Baker or do something else. I mean, those are the two. And unless Washington decides they're going to look for a quarterback of the future, but they just traded for Carson Wentz. Maybe the Vikings at 12, but they just re to Kirk Cousins. So either way, the Falcons at 8 and the Seahawks at 9, is there a chance that either of those teams actually loves one of these quarterbacks and then trades up? I mean, there's a chance. I, look, I, this is... This is, a, I mean, a, in front of Carolina, in stuff that's already been done here in Harmon.
1: This is an awkward situation where the reality of what the specific head coach and GM needs to do, because of their unique situation, the pressure that they're under, deviates dramatically from what generic GM and head coach Sam and Steve would do. So. Well, yeah, because yeah, they've put us in a bind here, Sam. That's what I'm saying. Because they, they, they don't have a pick until 137. That would, I would never do that. Yeah, they screwed us. Yeah. So the bet has been made for them. In this scenario, though, the bed, we're fine. We have some long-term uh, job security here. We're not, we're not going to go with that. I don't care what, the, what awkward spot you've put yourself in. Us... We're good. We're going to build long-term, so we're going to take the tackle and figure out quarterback later on Okay, because like we have it. next Good year. decision. Good decision.
0: Are we going Charles Cross? Yeah. Ike Ikwanu Cross is the top player on our draft board remaining, so uh, let's go Charles Cross. Okay. Going to the Panthers at six. There's your tackle for the Panthers, and then uh, yeah, we'll figure out quarterback later. That's what we'll do. Mm. Uh, Giants come back on the clock at seven. The plan was Iki uh, Ikwanu was going to be there, and he is. The other, the other guy I'm intrigued by, though, is Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have James Bradbury for one more year. He was on the trading block. There's already rumors that he was going to get released. If Bradbury gets released or moved at all, now you're talking about a Dory Jackson on one side, cornerback a question on the other side. And I do think Sauce Gardner would be awesome here. Size, length, I mean, as a legitimate outside corner yeah, I'm intrigued there.
1: again, though, the, the Giants are in a different position to some of these other teams, like the Jets and the Jags, whose like sole purpose in the offseason needs to be fixing the offensive line, making sure that their quarterback survives. They still need to fix an offensive line that was terrible last year, though. So I think you know they they've they've made some moves in free agency, bringing in guys like Mark Lewinsky, uh, John Feliciano okay it's not enough like that offensive line needed a pretty comprehensive overhaul and it hasn't had it yet so i think um i think icky equano makes too much sense to turn down all right matt
0: parrot currently the starting right tackle for the giants so this this does make sense i like parrot i liked him as a developmental prospect but it doesn't it's not going to keep me from right drafting equano let's do that icky to the Giants at number seven overall. There's your tackle. That gives the Giants now Kayvon Thibodeau, Ike Ikuanu. I think they're I think they're thrilled if that's what they yeah. come out of the draft with. That puts the Falcons on the clock here at number eight, a team that still has Matt Ryan at quarterback, did make a shot or took took a shot on Deshaun Watson, but the needs are plentiful as far as the Falcons' roster goes. All of a sudden a team that had the one of the best receiving cores in the league just two years ago. Needs a complete overhaul. No longer has a receiving core. They don't have anybody. Their top three from two years ago. Julio Jones, gone. Calvin Ridley, suspended. Russell Gage, gone. in free agency. So, I wasn't expecting the Falcons. At the beginning of the offseason, I wasn't necessarily expecting the Falcons to go receiver here. But that has to be at play. It's also, the receivers historically, like the cherry on the top of your t- you know, team rebuild and all that stuff. But... Yeah, so that might give me a little pause if I'm the Falcons, but it's just such a massive need right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they almost have to go receiver at this point in the, the the situation they've left themselves with. Like, Kyle Pitts is their only receiver, effectively, of any description. Like, okay, they bring back Cordero Patterson. He's got that sort of hybrid role, but that's it. Like, Kyle Pitts, okay, technically he's a tight end. He isn't. He's your number one wide receiver at this point. But the fact that he's your number one wide receiver means you don't really have a tight end, which means he's literally your only receiver of any description with Cordero Patterson doing his slash trick stuff out of the backfield. Like, you desperately need just somebody else to throw the football to. Anybody else.
0: Top three receivers on the board. you got Drake London, Garrett Wilson, or as far as top two receivers on the board. Uh, Then we have a little bit of a drop-off down to Jamison Williams and then Chris Olave. So... Uh, London has been the guy that we put at receiver one here. Um, I also think I'm going to say Sauce Gardner is available for all these dudes for every one of these teams, every single pick. Um, He would be intriguing for the Falcons. All the needs on offense. You have AJ Terrell on one side, Sauce on the other side. I like that a lot too, as far as you know the future for the Falcons. And maybe you make that play, knowing that receiver has a little bit more depth than corner in this draft. I think that's in play as well for the Falcons.
1: And they just brought in Casey Hayward, which is nice, but is again not going to keep you from drafting an elite number they do one have a corner great. if you if you think that one of these guys is is that dude. So I could see it. I think just desperation might push them into grabbing a receiver. But yeah, I get I could see sauce. Uh, do you have a preference
0: between Drake London or Garrett Wilson? London, big bodied um, I, I've compared him to Cortland Sutton in that he's 6'4", 6'5", but with, with pretty good movement skills, right? He, he's, he's decent. He's not, a, you, know, sl- you know, slogging through his routes or anything like that. Garrett Wilson, more of a classic route runner.
1: Yeah, and the NFL is trending now towards these smaller guys with elite route running skills being incredibly productive. It doesn't yet seem to have caught up to where they're drafted. You know, so you think of the the likes of Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy and these types of players, they're having this immediate success, but the NFL is still looking for the freaky athlete first, right? Yeah. Like those players are the ones, okay, speed will get you drafted high, Um, but like those are the things that get people drafted at the top. Jamar Chase didn't really have the speed calling card, but he's the more classic, bigger body, just elite Sort of physical profile. Uh, so if you're if you're looking at Drake London versus Garrett Wilson, that to me is an NFL separator. That the league is going to grab Drake London first. Um, I think there's an argument that it should go the other way, but probably won't. I'm going to trust the PFF draft board, Mike Renner's board as well.
0: Drake London, wide receiver one. Let's let's grab him at eight. Okay. For the Atlanta Falcons, first receivers off the board. It's Drake London out of USC. Matt Ryan, we're getting some weapons back for him, you know, on his way out mm. with, the, with the poor Atlanta Falcons. Who values. might be traded by this point already. I don't know. And they're, I mean, they're going to try to find a market for him. And I, I, think they, I, I think they're just going to bring him back at this point.
1: I mean, the reports from the agents, I mean, the insiders, are that they've been fielding trade calls all through the weekend. I mean, yeah, because they showed that they were willing to
0: yeah. move on from him. A uh, quick break to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped launching their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. We're talking a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. We got an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man. Covers your top to bottom, head to toe. It's trusted. We've trusted them below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Sam, join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped.com for twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code PFF. We recommend the following order here. Number one, hop in the shower, scrub a dub-dub, that body with the the Manscaped body wash. Number two, lather your hair up with a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to keep your noggin-toggin. Number three, dry off and spray on that hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Number four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. And then number five, pop that Manscaped lip balm on. There it is, right there on the screen on YouTube. No one's out here kissing those chapped lips. So look at this, entire collection here. It's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. They're taking their this whole game to the next level. A full, you get the full regime here. The ultra premium collection. It's 20% off, plus free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. Alright, here we go. Number 9 on the draft board is now the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, And this is where, you know, for YouTube, we might we could get, like, a little reset. You could see all the players that we have picked, the best available based off the PFF draft board. But the Seahawks are in just as a desperate spot at quarterback now. They have Drew Locke. I don't think that's the guy they want to build around.
1: God, though, they keep talking him up something fierce. Have you heard some of the... I was going to use the word crap, but that's quite disrespectful. Have you heard some of the optimistic uh, <laughs> PR spin they've been putting on Drew Locke? From who? The DK Metcalf's been out there doing it. No, no. DK was just like, hey, let's chill on the Drew Locke slander. But like the coach, Pete Carroll, et cetera, have been talking him up as, hey, this isn't just like a throwaway as part of the trade. Drew Locke. Yeah. Again, I would do the same thing. <laughs> No, this is like beyond you motivate know. your
0: players. Nah, no, they is, know what Drew Lock needs to be the best Drew Lock.
1: This is which like is a little motivation. This is beyond like talk up the guy you just grabbed because you might need him somewhere down the line. This is like you you appear to be unreasonably high on Drew Locke. Is this another hedge against, well, Drew Locke's better than all the draft,
0: draftable prospects here, at nine. No,
1: so. again, I think it's like, it's beyond that. It's like, it's past the point of like, hey, let's just make sure we're not screwed if we're saddled with this dude. It's, you appear to have an unreasonably high opinion of Drew Locke based off all the evidence of Drew Locke. All right. Let's go
0: number nine. If I'm Seattle, would you trade for Baker Mayfield? We're
1: the GMs here. Would you trade for Baker? No. Because if I'm I mean, Seattle or the Colts, I'm trading for Baker Mayfield. The problem with Baker Mayfield is the Colts, yes. So the Colts are the only team in the NFL, I believe, that makes sense for Baker Mayfield. The What? Yeah, the only team. You're, you're, you're John Schneider right now, Seattle Seahawks. Yes.
0: You'd rather roll in with Drew Locke and whatever other options you have on. I presumably, would. there's no other free agent option you want over Drew Locke, which I think is fair. You want Drew Locke, or whatever, however it falls in the draft.
1: Yes, I would draft a
0: quarterback. Or we're taking a shot at Baker on his fifth-year option in a whole new system. Yes, with motivational king Pete Carroll. Motivational king? I don't know. That's like, what's he bringing to
1: the table at this point? Getting getting the best out of players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To me, Baker Mayfield is a one-year gamble that. The problem with he's on his fifth-year option, so you're they're locked into the situation that the Browns were locked into before they threw everything at Deshaun Watson, which is this thing hasn't worked out. You can't possibly give him a long-term deal right now. You get one year to prove that you're worth <laughs> worth paying another one year too, and then you're trapped in this endless sequence of Kirk Cousins deals where you just keep re-upping him for one year at a guaranteed thing until you're finally sure he is or isn't worth paying. The Colts make sense because they think they're contending right now. Now, in the ASC, the way it currently is, they might be out of their minds. But this was a team that's pissed off because Carson Wentz just blew up in the final couple of games of the year, and they lost a playoff spot because of it. You put Baker Mayfield on that team instead with a healthy shoulder, they're probably a playoff team. And so, if you're the Colts, he's the one team that he def—they're they're the one team that he almost certainly upgrades as a sort of standard baseline. And they're good enough around him that he has a shot to prove he's something else. If you're the Seahawks, you just started a rebuild. Whether or not you acknowledge that is different, but you just did. You got rid of Russell Wilson. You cut Bobby Wagner. You've blown this thing up already. So you're the you're the first team that can just draft a quarterback and see how it works.
0: For but if I'm the Seahawks, I pick it at nine here. I also have Denver's pick at forty, and then forty-one. If I'm going to draft a quarterback, I'd rather do it at 40 or 41.
1: 40 or 41?
0: Yeah. I just – I you hate – You want to take your best
1: – you want to take the best quarterback on the board here? Yes. If you're the Seahawks? I hate drafting a quarterback in the 40s. I hate doing it. Hate Drew, it. Drew Locke was picked 40. Right. Exactly. And look how that worked I out. love doing that. I love it. I would – You you get the you get to be the team that picks the quarterback. You have a choice. One of these guys is going to work out, maybe. So Man. grab him. Figure out who it is. Trust yourself. If I'm Get your new Russell Wilson.
0: <laughs> if I'm Seattle and you're telling me the Baker market's not that hot and I've got picks 9, 40, 41, or 72, I'd at least call up and say, do you want to take 72 third round if I'm Seattle? I, I don't think you have the team or But around. you think us as Colts GMs will make a harder play for Baker? I, yeah. All right. So, all right, let's pretend we lose out on the Baker um, sweepstakes here.
1: Seattle at nine. You're going to convince me to go quarterback here. Mm-hmm. Which is really fascinating, right? Because if you look at the record of this group, Schneider and Pete Carroll, it's, it's a bunch of terrible quarterbacks and Russell Wilson, who they drafted in the third round. See, I don't think that's fair, though. Well, you see, that's the thing, right? There's one way of looking at it, which is that to say they've got a terrible track record, and What's they got the lucky with record? Russell Wilson. What
0: they say they
1: they Track signed. record is Matt Flynn, Tavares Jackson. Uh, who else? They had some other terrible. But not to like. Well. It's crazy starter money. I mean, it was it was like Matt head, Flynn was starter money. Flynn was like low end. Flum was handed 9 million guaranteed dollars after one yeah, game that's a low to start. End start. To but start that's low them. end starter. But Varus Jackson was brought in as a starter. Like they those were their starting plans before they locked in a Russell. Those Wilson. are low end starter. And the bro- other way of looking at it is, well, this is that they drafted Russell Wilson. You have to give them credit for that. And they were interested. They were at the pro days of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So obviously they know what a great quarterback looks like. I'm not. Giving this is them, their next
0: opportunity. I'm not giving them credit for attending the pro day. I will give them credit for drafting Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm giving them no credit because for that. they. I know they wanted him in the first, They liked him as a first rounder, and I they played the draft, and they got him in damn the third round. Mind if we can't? Listen, we can't sit here. Every single week, and say quarterbacks the most important thing. You got to do everything to find a quarterback. Do everything to find a quarterback, and then when you find a quarterback, and that leads to ten years of success, find diminish.
1: Find the, yeah,
0: yeah, but but that's it's part of it. Like Bill Belichick deserves credit for finding and cultivating the world where Tom Brady, you know, was built.
1: He does not. He doesn't deserve it's, credit for drafting Tom Brady in the sixth round. He doesn't. And cultivating. The system. Like, if you draft a quarterback. To breed Tom Brady. In the mid to late rounds, you got lucky. You did.
0: No, you deserve, you deserve some credit for that. No. It's the most important thing that you did. You deserve credit. It's also fair to say, if you don't have this guy, right? Like, if Bill Belichick doesn't have Tom Brady, you could also say, hey, maybe he's not exalted the same way he is right now. Maybe it doesn't go the same way. You could also say the same thing for Schneider and Carroll. Deserve- if they don't have Russell Wilson going forward, it doesn't mean that you trust them implicitly to find the next guy, but you still have to give them credit for finding the guy in the first place.
1: You deserve way more credit for identifying a quarterback in the first round and moving to get him when you wouldn't have otherwise snagged him. So, d- Patrick Mahomes being the most obvious example. Josh Allen. Guys where you identified this QB, you went and got the dude, and he worked out great. You correctly identified that guy as talent. You actually made a move to make sure that you secured that guy, and he's the guy. If you just, like, stumbled into a quarterback ass-backwards in the mid-rounds or late rounds, you got lucky. Dallas deserves zero credit for Dak Prescott because they wanted Paxton Lynch, and they didn't get him. And then, like, all right, fine. Consolation prize number four in this draft, we end up getting Dak Prescott. And then it just accidentally turns out that he's the best guy you could have possibly gotten. That's, I disagree on
0: that one. I, I agree on the Dallas one. Yes. Because we know the specific reports. I also know where the Seahawks really liked Russell Wilson, and they played the draft and got him. They I do not predatory.
1: believe for a second I buy it. that they thought that that guy was worth a first-round pick and well, waited two rounds Well, here we to are. select it. Who's the top quarterback on the board?
0: Seahawks have to take a shot here. I would go 40 or 41. I'm going to lose this um, war room battle here. Draft room battle. So, who are we taking? Malik Willis? He's the guy I would take at the top of this draft if I had a choice of all of them. Scroll down. Scroll down, Tyler. We got to scroll all the way down to 25 to grab Malik Willis. Just to to take a shot here at quarterback if you're the Seahawks. Look, I, I like the idea of here's the other thing I like the idea of taking shots on quarterbacks right the payoff of Malik Willis is higher than the payoff of any other player in this draft any other non-quarterback right so I get it you got to take shots we have 40 and 41 to add some non-quarterbacks to the roster so let's do it Malik Willis that's the dude we're building around. I also think he if Drew Locks you- my bridge starter and then Malik Willis starts next year, we deal with that.
1: I also think the Willis gives you the capacity to start him right away because of what he can do on the ground while he's figuring out the rest.
0: This is also, I mean, if if Pete Carroll truly wants to run the ball like crazy and play defense and all that stuff, you can craft an offense around Malik Willis, his, his, his running set, uh, his rushing skill set. I think his rushing skill set is between, say, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Not as good as Lamar. Better than Jalen Hurts. And we're going to craft an offense around Malik Willis. Look, we're almost an hour in. We're at nine picks. We got nine picks. We're mm. good. Doing well here. Yeah, as you send me a message to remind me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's how we communicate here. I just say it out loud. Right. We'll so, go a little bit quicker here. We're going to need to. As we go. New York Jets are back on the clock at 10. Back. Got damn. They've already taken Derek Stingley at 4. Sauce is still on the board, man. I kind of like Sauce there for this team, Well, not now. But um, best receiver available, Garrett Wilson. Is yeah, where we go for for Zach Wilson. Add Garrett Wilson
1: to Corey Davis and uh, Elijah Moore. It would be an interesting uh, Braxton Barrios. An interesting case study on where they view the rest of that edge class, because there's a drop obviously between Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and then the next guys up for us. It's George Carlafdis. It's uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Um, But, like, Walker just had an insane combine. I think there would be people that would push him into the top 10 in terms of ability, in terms of talent. Um, We have Karloftis, you know, worth exactly number 10 on our big board. So I think this would be intriguing to see where the Jets view those edge guys relative to to everything else. Um, I think they're definitely in play, but that number one wide receiver makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let's go Garrett Wilson here. So, Wilson, slick route runner coming out of Ohio
0: State, much like his teammate Chris Olave, add Wilson to the mix to help Zach Wilson, last year's quarterback. That obviously has to be a big priority for the Jets here during this entire draft. Add in some playmakers. All right, Washington Commanders are now on the clock at number 11, and I wasn't expecting two receivers to be off the board by this time. This is one of those Drake London's been going at 11 in a lot of my mocks, and I've seen that. Well, I haven't seen that, but I assume other people have done similar stuff as that. Um, so two of the receivers off the board now. Where does Washington start to look here at 11? Because for me, if I'm going to maximize Carson Wentz, at quarterback, got to be good on the perimeter, and you've we've just taken two of the top receivers off the board.
1: Maximize Carson Wentz. Oh, what a terrible situation to be in. I mean, what else are you going to do?
0: Flood the field with playmakers, man. Yeah. So the next, the next receiver on our board is Jamison Williams at 16. Is this too high for him? I don't think it should be, but it, it might be. Again, um, if I'm Washington, I'm, I'm coming at this from the extreme angle that I can't have success with Wentz unless this offense is pristine. Everything else I do almost doesn't matter. Uh, at receiver, we have Terry McLaurin, of course, who's great. You have Curtis Samuel as a slot. Last year's draft pick, De'Ami Brown. But there's, you know, I need another. I need another playmaker. Do we stretch it a little bit, go to Jamison Williams, coming off that ACL injury, best deep threat in the draft. But, man, imagine what he would do opposite Terry McLaurin with that type of speed.
1: I wouldn't rule them out of um, the defensive sweepstakes either. Like, as much as they've got cornerbacks, obviously they invested heavily in William Jackson last year's free agent period. I mean, outside of that, I think you can definitely, you can definitely add a corner, and honestly, you're not even sure if William Jackson is the guy based off this past season. So I think they're absolutely in the Sauce Gardner uh, discussion.
0: Every team's in the Sauce Gardner discussion. I think this becomes a steal now. At 11, Vikings at 12. If you get Sauce, I don't know. Do we go Sauce or do we just, uh, reach a little bit for a receiver? Next picks. I would grab
1: Sauce Gardner at this point. Next Three picks, value. 47 from the Colts. Yeah, right, 47, we'll At 47, you still likely have some receivers in play. There's receiver depth. Corner depth isn't as good. All right, let's get
0: Ahmad Sauce Gardner here to the commanders. He's going to play opposite William Jackson. You have Kendall Fuller over there, Benjamin St. Juice. So you do have some players, but we're going to shore up their cornerback group, mm-hmm. group right now. All right, Minnesota Vikings at 12.
1: What are you looking at here, Sam? A lot of needs. You can attack you know, a lot of different spots. Uh, Trent McDuffie cornerback from Washington I think makes a lot of sense the defensive line is in play the offensive line is in play um, they are the fir- they're a team where I would be massively intrigued by how Tyler Linderbaum would do in this offense center out of Iowa who you know has that classic outside zone skill set in terms of being light incredibly athletic uh, potentially dominant enough that you start to change how you think of in terms of position value right centers don't go number 12 highest one ever is picked like 20 or something um Lindemont might be good enough that you completely throw that out the window interesting quasi new gm
0: coming from the, he was with the niners for years mm-hmm. uh, was a, a part of the shanahan regime and all that stuff comes from the browns now the last couple of years where they built the best offensive line in the NFL in a similar scheme right in, a, in an outside zone and had a center that takes a lot of those boxes as well in J.C. Treader, now Vikings fans are saying well we just drafted a center a couple years ago in the first round we, that's what fan bases do yeah, they remember bad. we drafted a center in the first round we never want to do that again whereas like Steelers fans are like yeah you always draft a center in the first round it becomes your starter for the next 10 years goes to the Hall of Fame so I could see Vikings fans saying let's not do that again
1: and they they talked up Kevin O'Connell at the Combine was talking up the traits of Garrett Bradbury but the traits he was using all describe Linderbaum, right? The athleticism, the speed, yeah. the ability to execute those reach blocks and you know, be the linchpin of that entire offense, blah, blah, blah. And you're sort of like, yeah, I mean, in theory, Bradbury has those. On the other hand, it's never translated to on-field play. So is that real or what are we doing here? I have
0: not connected those dots yet. Linderbaum this high to the Vikings. I've put him up at 14 to the Ravens, even though the scheme fits not perfect. I've explained that before. Carl um, Laftus is really interesting. McDuffie's the interesting one at corner.
1: Honestly, at this point, like every player and like every the next fifteen picks on the big board all apply for Minnesota. So just pick your favorite. I mean, my favorite's McDuffie,
0: just because I think corners a need. And if we talk about the mistakes of the last regime, it was getting younger in the secondary. I do, you know, or they attempted to get young and then they quit, right? So I do think that's a potential issue. I think Linderbaum, it could be too high here to get him. Okay. Do you want to lean Trent McDuffie?
1: Yeah, let's grab it. Do
0: it. Done. Best available. Best player available. All right, we're going to take cornerback Trent McDuffie. He's going number 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of keep track with us on the left there. Puts the Texans back on the clock here at 13. Again, we're not being mean when we say their needs are every position, but they just picked – uh, left tackle, Evan Neal, he's gonna come in. We're gonna trade Laramie Tunsil, get more draft capital. Uh but the Texans are up here. They currently have three, six, nine, ten overall draft picks. This is their second. So again, this is this is the way it's gonna get turned around in Houston. Who's the next player to be a part of this rebuild here for the Texans?
1: Uh yeah, uh, again, I think they could go pretty much everywhere because they've got uh needs across the board so building blocks who's your your next building block going to be I think if you've gone offensive line with the first one you're probably going defense with the second one it matches our board with George Karloftis being
0: uh, the power edge out of Purdue he's number 10 on our draft board we're picking at 13 so
1: the value's there I wonder if you would jump um, Trayvon Walker over Karloftis though in terms of upside athleticism all those kinds of things yeah,
0: Walker's a tough one for me because I I I do my I like to evaluate players from production first and then, you know, look at athleticism and how that ties in. Walker's pure production. A lot like a Jordan Davis on the same defensive line. It just doesn't match the freak workout that Trayvon Walker had. That said, watching Walker, I'm like it just looks like uh, a Jason Pierre-Paul type, you know, just this this player who could develop into that that classic 10-sack guy, whatever you want to call it, but he's a really good run defender who's got some work to do as a pass rusher. You're right, though. The high end and
1: upside is, is absolutely there. There's also something weird that like all of those Georgia de- defenders who, it turns out, once you start testing them athletically, are all off the freaking charts as well. All of them have that same question mark of like, why were you not a slightly better pass rusher in particular? Um, and I think Maybe this is the case of your your brain, you know, a, a fallacy of some kind. But, like, if they are all have the same question marks in terms of pass rush, there might be something system, or systemic to that as opposed to each... Coincidentally, each one of these incredible athletes and incredible players struggle to generate the kind of pressure you expected them to.
0: Yeah, there is something to it. I mean, they, they didn't play from... Like, their edges didn't play from as wide a split, so they didn't really maybe have the freedom to just get upfield and dominate. I mean, there are reasons for the lower production i just think when you're when you're looking at draft prospects you're looking for you know it's like the pros and cons section production has to be in the con section right now for trayvon walker i'm more willing to hit home runs if i'm a team with multiple picks though yeah so do you want to look at walker here yes all right let's do it trayvon walker we'll put him at 13 he's 14th on our board it's nothing crazy we're gonna put him at 13 to the houston texans trayvon walker there's your edge defender Going to the Texans, now have a tackle and an edge. Puts the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. In my previous mocks, Carl uh, Laftus has not been available for the Ravens. Boy, does he feel like a Ravens edge. A power edge defender. But they just spent their first rounder last year on Adafe Owe. So I'm not sure if that is the way that they would go here.
1: But they tried to bring back Zadarius Smith in free agency in they a did. deal that was done and then collapsed. So it's, it's not an area that they're done with. Like, they're, they're still looking. Uh, that Tyus
0: Bowser's on the roster. I like that. They haven't, uh, they haven't invested heavily from a monetary standpoint. They tried to with Zadarius as you mentioned. Maybe this is a good play for Carl Aftis. Who else is uh, – I mean, they just bring in the great – Morgan Moses mm-hmm. at right tackle. So Bernard Ryman is the next tackle on our board here. Linebacker Devin Lloyd. Jameson Williams at receiver. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, another interior defensive lineman. I think he's intriguing for them uh, because they just they don't have anybody coming back. Calais Campbell uh, still out there, unsigned. Derek Wolf, Justin Matabuike. Like they don't have, they're just solid up front. They did bring back Michael Pierce. To me, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, George Karloftis on the edge are the two guys that should be in play right here. I think they'd also... Or Linderbaum, who I mentioned before.
1: Yeah, Linderbaum is is another player that I think they would definitely be intrigued by now. Is this too early for Jordan Davis? I don't know. Um, Given the way the Ravens like to play football? Davis is such a weird prospect that... I think he's, he's going to go a lot higher than potentially he quote-unquote should based off the available evidence because of what he did at the Combine, because of the planet theory, right, the dude is so freaking huge there's only X number of those people around on the planet, and it's a very small number. So when you're, when one is available, you grab them. And you can construct a case where Jordan Davis becomes a much more valuable player in the NFL than he ever was in college. Um, but you do have to at some point look at the downsides and say, with that freakish size, speed, athleticism, and ability, why were you not more dominant in college? Albeit on a dominant defense where a bunch of other people were making plays as well. Still, why were you not better? Even against the run. Like, why, you know, his grades were never as good as a guy like Vita Veya's, right? And Vita Veya has become this dominant NFL player, and it took him a couple of years to get there. But Davis doesn't have comparable grades to Fita Feig, even in terms of just run defense. So you need to answer that question if you're going to take him as high as 14 in the draft. All right, what are are we looking at here? What do we think? I mean,
0: again, I've given them Tyler Linderbaum, even though it's like, hey, Linderbaum's your classic outside zone center. Ravens run a gap scheme. I think they could add more zone to the mix. This is me changing the offense a little bit to play to his skill set, but also saying, man, let's get back to that dominant run-blocking offensive line, I think he would help.
1: That would help. Um, the fact that they brought in Moses lets them kick Patrick McCurry into center, and maybe they yeah. don't need to, but it's definitely an option. Um, Karloftis would make sense. I also wonder if, if they're – what they think about um, Patrick Queen at this point. point, first lineback- first-round linebacker, two years of bad PFF grades, right? Uh, negative war um, per season. A guy who, right now, if you're looking at it in terms of just in terms of grading, you're saying I, this isn't going to work out. And I don't even know that if you compare him, for example, to Jamin Davis, Washington's first rounder last year, I can see a lot more optimism for Jamin Davis than I can for Patrick Queen at this point. I wonder where Baltimore is on him because linebacker is one of these weird spots where athleticism takes you a long way, or at least does in the eyes of NFL people. Are they are they believing that Queen is still the guy and hey, next year's the year and we're about to break out and everything's going to be great or are they saying, I hey, maybe we need to start looking for an alternative option than Patrick Queen. Maybe Devin Lloyd is, is in play here. Devin
0: Lloyd's the next linebacker on our board. He's or got Nikobe great D. length, um, adds uh, coverage ability in the middle of the field. Uh, Nicobe Dean's the other linebacker. He's, he's an excellent blitzer. Ravens like to blitz a lot. I'm, I'm talking, and he's a little undersized, but As far as fit goes, Dean might actually be better, given how much the Ravens like to blitz.
1: I just don't know if I would take him that high. Did you read the... So every year, Bob McGinn does these anonymous scout, like... It comes out early. It's early this year. Or is he just rolling them out along the way? I don't know what the schedule is, but he had... One of those came out, and there was a lot of hate for N'Kobe Dean. A lot of hate. small. Right, but like even in even outside of the size stuff, like people just didn't like him as a prospect. They were saying mid rounds and all those kinds of things. So I, I, I don't know it. if the NFL is weirdly lower on the Kobe Dean than like the draft community generally is. I think the problem with Dean,
0: and I've seen this said too, but I mean when you're playing behind all these dudes that we're talking about up front, yeah. I mean he's got a lot of clear runs to the football. And if the best thing that he does is chase and run or blitz, I mean, blitzing's not like a first round skill set. I'm just saying as far as fit, the Ravens might be intrigued there. I might trust the board and go Carl Loftus. Him being the top guy here, he's a power edge, fits what the Ravens like to do. For me, it's between Carl Loftus and um, Linderbaum. But I think, as you mentioned, Makari playing center. I think the Ravens have made some moves on the line. I would go Carl Loftus. Okay. George Carl Loftus. Purdue. Mm-hmm. Going to the Baltimore Ravens. Puts the Eagles on the clock. Uh, back-to-back picks, 15 and 16. But they're also going to circle
1: back at 19. So, what are we doing with the Eagles here? Uh, I think defense takes up most of it, if not all of it. So, I think they need a linebacker. I think they need some defensive line reinforcements, even if they've brought in Hassan Reddick, That helps. Um, they bring back Fletcher Cox after cutting him, just cheapen the deal a little bit. They still, need, they still need to upgrade there. Like that, the reason you cut Fletcher Cox only to re-sign him later is because he was no longer playing at the level that his contract warranted. Right? He's fallen off pretty dramatically. I think the last two years combined, he has less pressures than he did in 2018 where he led uh, all interior defenders. So you need to start restocking that. You've let a couple of guys go. So I think at least one of these picks needs to be defensive line.
0: Uh, top players on the board, we got Bernard Ryman at tackle. I don't know if they're going to go tackle here. So Devin Lloyd at 50, uh, 15 on our board, 15 for the Eagles. Yeah. as well. Again, length, Um, The length that he brings as a zone defender, he's not as good,
1: I don't think, as Darius Leonard with the Colts, but it's like that similar ability. He's got like a prototypical modern NFL skill set for linebacker. Yeah. Which doesn't, again, doesn't mean it's going to translate immediately, but like that's what you're looking for when you're looking for a linebacker now.
0: The the next player after Devin Lloyd Lloyd on the board, though, is Jamison Williams from Alabama. I'm intrigued by both of those players to the Eagles. They've drafted two receivers in the, in the first round of the last two years, I know, but they got three picks this year. So if they have a third one, why not? But Jamison Williams with Devontae Smith on the other side?
1: The only thing that makes me hesitant about the Jamison Williams pick for Philadelphia is, like, what – is he bringing that much different to the table than they already have in Quez Watkins and John Hightower? Like, they've drafted that style of receiver quite a lot. I mean, if he's recently. just better, then yes. Yeah, but, like, but they've – they have that skill set. The the missing element in terms of this receiving core skill set is a guy that can like win with physicality and size and g- deal with some press coverage a little bit. That's the one element that's not there right now. So you want to go get Trailing Burke. No, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, well, I let's
0: wanna... get we want Devin Lloyd first. Yes. All right. So the um, this has to be one of the most common mock draft scenarios. Eagles had issues at linebacker. Again, they play a lot of zone Devin Lloyd, production plus uh, everything he brings to the table, I think is a really good fit there. So Devin Lloyd at 15 to the Eagles here. At 16, what about Devontae Wyatt? Yeah. So there's your interior defensive lineman. He was the most productive Georgia defensive lineman. He's better. Yeah. He just is. Like Reminds he- me, uh, My comp for him was K1 Short, former Carolina Panther, who was really productive. Um, explosive, up-the-field type of guy. Wyatt does some does some crazy stuff on the he's field. He's
1: like a prototypical NFL defensive lineman. Like, Let's go Devontae Wyatt at The 16. problem with Jordan Davis is he's anything but prototypical, which yeah. doesn't mean he won't end up working out and being better, but you need, it, it's, you're need it's you looking at an exception. Okay, an exception maybe in a good way, but it's not normal that a guy like him comes, comes along and is insane.
0: Um. Somebody in the YouTube chat has Jermaine Johnson above Trava, Travon Walker on his defensive end
1: board. So I think a lot of people have that. Like yeah, he's he's somebody that I, I think he's. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. He's somebody that I think generally is we're lower on him than other people. Yeah. So his his average draft position or whatever is significantly.
0: He's got one year of production. I think that that gives me a little bit of pause as far as Johnson, but he did dominate the Senior Bowl. I do think in reality he goes uh, probably a little bit higher than we would have him. And we could start, you know, expanding it out a little bit in these next few picks. Chargers are on the clock at 17. Now their fit with Jordan Davis has been mentioned quite often. Mm -hmm. Is this where they get Jordan Davis? We love what the Chargers have done this offseason. All the other holes that they've filled so far. Do they need that big inside run stuffer to kind of open things up for all their two high schemes?
1: I mean, it doesn't hurt but I don't think they need it. I mean, they, dra- they signed Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency. Um, I think he can do a lot of that. They, they just need to get better inside. Remember, they also brought in Khalil Mack, who's one of the best run defenders in the NFL, albeit on the edge. Like, they've made strides to improve this run defense already without having to get a 350-pound nose tackle to make that happen. So I don't think they're in desperate need of making that happen. On the other hand, they are kind of in desperate need of making that offensive line complete They cut uh, Brian Bulaga. They don't have a good right tackle right now. And there's some tackles on the board that would make a lot of sense. But picture this, too.
0: I I, I gave them Bernard Ryman before Uh to play right tackle. I like that a lot as a pick. But picture this. Mike Williams. Keenan Allen. Jameson Williams. Uh Justin Herbert, 65-yard bombs. Who's going to catch those? Uh, Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton? Yeah,
1: whatever. He's the designated deep catch guy.
0: Yeah, but Jamison Williams is better. Don't just start lumping every 4-3 receiver into the same bucket here, Sam, I'm not. I'm that just the saying, guy. like,
1: look at Guyton's catches on its own. It's just bomb after bomb. I know from, that's from what Herbert. Guyton does. But
0: add Jamison Williams to the mix. It's uh, the arms race, man. The arms race, you don't get tackles. In the arms race, you get explosive the Bengals, receivers. The I know. I know. You need linemen. I'm would, just saying. I would go I, tackle. I think either Ryman or Trevor Penning. You know me and my speed receivers. I want all my Will Fullers. I want all my John Rosses. But, man, add Jamison Williams to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You have three distinct skill sets. I know Josh Palmer's still there, too. Uh-huh. But he's, he's a big physical guy like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, the route runner. Jamison Williams, the most explosive
1: receiver in this draft. The other thing here is that the tackle depth starts to drop off a lot after those two guys. Dude, so. I'll, sign, I'll sign Mike Remmers. You'll sign Mike Remmers. out
0: there? Still? I'll sign Riley Reef. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm signing Riley Reef for a one-year deal, and I'm drafting Jamison Williams to add to this offense. That's how we're going to compete. I like Bernard Ryman. Great. He can be the right tackle. But you've done enough other good stuff on this offensive line where left tackle to right guard— well, you or did. Left and tackle, left guard, center, I feel pretty good about. The you, right side, you have questions. About. Right,
1: you did. And then it started to be eroded by the fact that you had to cut Brian Balaga because the guy can't stay healthy, and you let Abushi uh, walk in free agency. So all of a sudden, you don't have a right side of the offensive line again. So if you were that adamant that this whole thing needed to be overhauled a year ago because you had Justin Herbert and you couldn't get him killed, you can't just stop that. There when, are
0: two starting spots available on
1: the offensive line. Yes.
0: So in our draft room here... And all of a sudden, you're going to talk me down. This is what Al Davis had to deal with all the time, except he had final say. Yeah. Right? I could see those discussions. I want the speed. Yeah. And everybody's like, Al, we have four offensive line holes here. Mm -hmm. Four i No, getting the fast guy. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. Because he owned the team. And you're going to – Al would draft Jamison Williams here.
1: Yes. And you're no, I would find I would draft uh the dude the who's the cornerback that ran the 4 2 and blew up the combine. That's who I would oh, draft. Tariq Woolen. Yes. I would draft that guy here. But I was not around. So I've been We should take a tackle. You
0: homage to Al Davis, my uh my draft strategy. All oh. right, Bernard Ryman's gonna come in and uh, this is like Chargers fans, you can either have this roaring applause with Jamison Williams or we're just going to get a little golf clap. Well, look here.
1: The golf one lap, pick later, Bernard Ryman. One pick later, you can take your damn receiver. Well, I'm not the Chargers anymore. No, now you're the Saints, so be happy about it here.
0: Yeah, but Jamison Williams now. Okay, so Bernard Ryman, take him. This is perfect. Take him to the you Chargers. You get Jamison
1: Williams table. and his deep threat, and you get to pair him up with with a hero. are to Jamison? Yeah. The Jameis Winston season that you keep saying is going to happen, the one year where he puts it all together. That's not going to happen unless he has a deep threat like See, James I'd rather have
0: Olave here
1: if I'm the Saints.
0: This is what I'm saying. It's not, it's not all just like take the top player on the board and all that stuff. I want Jameis and Williams if I already have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, right? And it's like, all right, figure out how to cover – figure out how to deploy your resources to cover these guys. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Saints, I need – um, I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be there in the future. I need some Mike Thomas and, uh, Michael Thomas insurance here. And Olave is the closest thing to that. Now, if I know Michael Thomas is going to be there and he's my possession guy and i got Jamison Williams and Marcus Calloway, yeah, I mean, look, you can always talk me into the speed guy, but I'm less intrigued in New Orleans than I was as the Chargers GM. I'll just
1: say that. Fine. Olave. Done. Next. There's nowhere else they're going to go? No. Stop speeding me up, man. We've got we to talk through this. We did. You're taking Olave. It's done. It's in. It's picked. I clicked the button. Therefore, it's happened. I did too on my screen. All right,
0: Chris Olave to the Saints. They need a receiver for Jameis to get open here. Look, the Eagles still have Jamison Williams on the board.
1: Yeah. Who's going to get Jamison Williams? So the Eagles already drafted Devin Lloyd and Devontae Wyatt. They went defense, defense uh, linebacker and defensive line with their first two picks. Now they're up again with the third. Where do they go? Uh, so Jameson Williams is available here potentially mm-hmm. not
0: going linebacker there probably not safety I think the edges are intriguing um, so unfortunately David Ajabo from Michigan was a torn ACL no
1: weekend? Achilles but Achilles,
0: Achilles. Um, tears his Achilles at his pro day he's currently number 24 on our draft board I think if I'm an NFL t- unfortunately
1: I think that obviously affects his draft yeah I, particularly in Achilles yeah. I mean, an, a- an ACL is one thing, but an Achilles is bad. So in this an mock, I don't, so unfortunate. I
0: don't think he's going to go in our first round. Um, as far as edge defenders go, you have uh, an aging Brandon Graham. They brought in Hassan Reddick, one of the few moves that the Eagles made mm-hmm. this offseason. Jermaine Johnson, uh, a few slots down there, could be in play, I think, for us here. Uh, the next corner on the board's Andrew Booth from Clemson. I don't love that, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Cause i do I do think cornerback's are a place that they need to attack um but the way the corner board's gonna fall if it's top heavy the way we just had it, I think the Eagles aren't necessarily gonna go that path as far as uh corner goes they don't i mean it's probably they don't really need a tackle
1: for a while, so Trevor Penning can I give you one yeah, give you a suggestion this is uh it would be. Uh, from the average draft position, a reach, but I think one that's actually moving in this direction. Safety, Louis Seen from Georgia. Ooh, I dude, like Seen a lot. Dude flashes on tape, hits like a train. The safety spot in Philadelphia is ugly. They just brought back Anthony Harris, who hasn't worked out for them on an incredibly cheap deal. I think if you gave them an upgrade at safety, they would jump all over it. You could talk me into that. Well, let's do That's it. That's fine. Let's do that. Because um, we're honestly at the point where
0: we have a draft board, but man, I think a lot of these guys are the same tier. Yeah. Like I'm comfortable taking all these guys in the 20s, and uh, here we are at 19. So done. All right. So Lewisine, scroll down a little bit.
1: Not that much. Give Not that, that much.
0: much. Lewisine. So now we have three defensive players added. Yeah. To the Eagles in the first round. That's how you do it. Puts the Pittsburgh Steelers up on the clock. By the way, we're we're using the NFL Mock draft simulator over at pff.com. If you want that thing fully unlocked, we can get you twenty-four, twenty-five percent off using the promo code NFL Pod. Twenty-five percent off every PFF subscription over at pff.com. That's Edge. That's Elite. NFL Pod is all you need. Your promo code for twenty-five percent off. All right. What are we doing with the Steelers here? No Malik Willis. No Malik Willis. That's who they want. That's their guy. (laughs) Is it? Is they it don't hide the fact. They don't hide when they like someone.
1: So it seems. Okay. So where do the Steelers go here? I mean, are they in, are they in the quarterback market if Malik Willis isn't there? Yes. Okay. I think so. I, but, you know, for me, do you want the next
0: quarterback right now? Or are you going to, you know, they could circle back at 52.
1: 52. And take a quarterback, a Desmond Ritter, if he's there, whatever it might be. If they end up with a three-person quarterback room of Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky, and one of these guys drafted at 52, that would be miserable. So, but again, provide an alternative. I would,
0: what should is, the Steelers have done differently? Like This is way, where they are. They're in transition after their Hall of Fame quarterback's
1: retired. Remember your take on uh, Okoronkwo, where you would like it much more if it was a three-year $15 million deal than a one-year yeah. $3.5 million deal, even though technically one of those is better for the Texans than the other one? This is the same thing. If I would like much prefer them to just draft a quarterback, where are we, 20, than waiting till 52, even if it's the same guy? I just have more faith. If you're, it, you you have this weird take, like Just Take the guy in the first. Yes, yeah, the declaration of, that you believe in that guy enough to draft him at twenty is important to me. Relative to, oh, well, he's at fifty-two now, so I guess we can grab him. Yeah.
0: I mean, the other option is Trevor Penning if you just want, just want to take a tackle out of Northern Iowa.
1: Well, except they just handed money to um, a for a right tackle. Yeah, Dan Moore was their starting left tackle last year. Third round pick wasn't great.
0: I mean, but he I don't like think him. I don't. I know, but I don't think we're we're the GMs now. We're taking over for Kevin Colbert right after the draft. You and me, okay. co GMs. I'm not tied to Dan Moore as my left tackle. Trevor Penning. Penning you know. is like Mr. Steeler. Yeah, yeah. You know him,
1: him in Steelers colors is fitting. Yeah.
0: Just like I'm gonna talk people. you into penning
1: here, and then at fifty-two, I'm like, hey, the sixth quarterback on the yeah, boards here. Just penning locking up edge rushers and then launching them at Trubisky's ankles. That's what I'm saying. But Trubisky's mobile, so he'll He'd get uh, out of the way of the, the guy thrown at his ankles. He'll avoid that. Perfect. Where did my mock draft go?
0: So penning is uh the other thing is Linderbaum.
1: Yeah. But they're not that, you can't you can't disrupt the streak of centers. You can't can't Linderbaum one to the street after a year. All I'm saying is. Guy needs is, eight years before you give up on him. It's our first move as GM. What better move to make than to
0: draft a future Hall of Famer? You know if we draft a first-round center, he's going
1: to be a Hall of Famer. And our first pick gets a gold jacket, Linderbaum. Huh. Another perfect stealer here. Well, except once you interrupt the streak, you can no longer rely on that. What, what do we interrupt? The streak of Steelers centers. Not for, but what do you mean? I mean That's they, fine. They've gone straight from like Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. So Kendrick can't, Green, but Green was a later round pick. You can't like throw that away after a year. You got to give that guy 12 years to fail. No, Green
0: is already out. <laughs> they've already brought in Mason Cole. They got JC Hassenauer. Nobody is like Linderbaum is really the play here for the Steelers. I'm sorry. Linderbaum's the play. And it actually fits. I like Penning. They like the zone run and all I
1: know. I like Penning.
0: Like see- Penning's mean and all that stuff.
1: In the black and blue division? But
0: Linderbaum is our Hall of Famer.
1: Penning is a freaky athlete, and he's mean, and I he's in the black it. and blue division. It. He's going to make people black and blue. Do you see him at the – he said he, want, he makes, tries to make defenders hate him. What's more Steelers I need, than
0: that? I need Steelers fans to, to help. Us. Steelers fans, Who,
1: who's the guy, Penning or Linderbaum? What's more Steelers than trying to make people let hate me get, him? Let me get Pony over here on Twitter. Get what? Where's Andrew, Andrew Philponi. We don't have time for you to start polling random Steelers people. Who is more Steelers? Penning or
0: <laughs> Linderbaum? This is bad podcast. This is great podcasting. This is, we're going to, let's start, let's, let's think about the next pick here. Patriots at 21 and we'll circle back and whoever Pony says, we're drafting. Okay. He knows. He's like the, uh. The voice of Pittsburgh over there, him and the Muller. The voice of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Those my guys, Thursday afternoon. Okay. So, whoever is most Steelers, Linderbaum. So the Patriots. Patriots are up. So, we decided we're not going QB for the Steelers. I think so. Okay. Patriots are
1: up uh-huh. at 21.
0: Are they going Jameson Williams?
1: No, because Bill Belichick will never take a first round watch. Never going to take another first round watch. For the rest of his life. But we just, remember, we're GMs here. I know. But we still, so Bob Kraft. Up. Belichick won't let us. Bob Kraft, we might lured be GM in name Yeah, to be GM, and we suppressed Bill Belichick to merely head coach. Right, we might be, we might be GM, you know, in name, but you're not going to say to Bill Belichick, "Sorry, Bill, this is what we're doing." Okay. Bill says we're not drafting the first round wide receiver. We're not drafting a first round wide receiver. Have you, uh, have you ever seen uh, Nikhil Harry? Yeah, play football. Yeah, not doing it. We're, so you can't. Uh, we're not Bill gonna, Belichick won't allow you. So we're you have just going to go, gonna somewhere go ahead and never draft a receiver again uh-huh. Under my, over my dead body. You see they brought back Juwan Bentley. Yeah, because so the, uh, they have no linebackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, they did. They brought in um, – they traded for Mac Wilson. True, they had Mac Wilson. So Juwan it was back. like, hey, the Mac Wilson thing and the fact that they hadn't brought back any of their inside linebackers suggested they're moving in a different direction on defense and going to smaller and, you know, matching with the rest of the world. And then he brings back Juwan Bentley. And I was like, well, now what the hell are you doing? Those two players don't belong on the same defense. Like, just, I, now I'm just confused. So I'm still confused. So like, Nickobe Dean, does he fit? Who the hell knows?
0: I, Dean, again, a really good blitzer. Uh, they like to blitz their linebackers a lot. Jordan Davis. another. I mean, that would be a
1: classic Patriots pick, right? Jordan Davis? Yeah. The new Vince Wilfork. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Vince Will they would use a comp for for Jordan Davis. I haven't seen that one come up a lot.
0: Yeah, but Will Forks like your classic zero knows that they eventually moved around the formation.
1: uh Huh? Could be Jordan. One Davis. with power, one with hands. Yeah, certainly didn't win with speed. Now, all that said,
0: um, would Linderbaum be in play here for New England if uh, the Steelers don't take him? Oops. Possibly. All right. What do we think? Uh, who else is potentially in play here? Do they stretch for a corner? Next couple, Andrew Booth, Kyer Elam.
1: Is cornerback that big of a need here if we're the Patriots? I mean, It is. It is, but I don't know is, if do I would they... take anybody at this point. No, but are they in a position where they've almost boxed themselves into that? and They kind of have to. They let J.C. Jackson walk, so now your starting corners are Jalen Mills and Terrence Mitchell.
0: I mean, knowing the way the Patriots – I I know that they're probably not going to evaluate corners the same way we do. So I don't – like Booth or Elam. Elam, I I don't think either one's logistically in play for the Patriots here. Our our next two corners I don't think are logistically in play for them right now. I just don't think they they would like either one. (laughs) Why? That much or be fit. I just – Booth's just like okay across the board. I don't think he does anything particularly special. Elam could play that press man – um, has that type of potential. I just don't know if that ends up being his. Um, I don't know if that's where New England wants to go, though, schematically as far as uh, what Elam
1: brings to the table. It's also uh, Roger, my Elam notes here. Roger McCreary and his tiny little arms. Maybe the Patriots yeah. don't care that he has stumpy little T-Rex arms. Will McCreary? Yeah. I think McCreary should be going in the first round. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Patriots don't care that he's built like T-Rex.
0: They might not, especially if, they're playing, if they are playing more zone. All right, if I don't have an answer here, we don't have an answer. Great. We have no answer yet for the Steelers.
1: Let's make a pick for the Steelers first. Okay.
0: Is it Linderbaum, 10-year Hall of Famer,
1: gold jacket? Linderbaum's way too nice to be a Steeler. You need, or is it Penning? You need Trevor Penning, who's mean. Look, gonna, Tyler's highlighting the there time. that more people have drafted Trevor Penning. Therefore, that's what we should do. All right, let's go with the people. They've also he's penning also to the Steelers, highlighting that uh, a load of people have pick, picked Kenny Pickett, but we're not doing that. They have, well, he's from Pittsburgh, so and that was that was way back
0: when you know I thought that was what they were going to do. Penning going to the Steelers just back before they realized he's twenty tiny little hands. Patriots do have David Andrews locked up for a couple of years here at center, so maybe Linderbaum's not the guy. I think Jordan, you like Jordan Davis as the multi-gap
1: sure defensive let's, lineman. Let's have here? Vince Wilfork two roll in there. That's where they drafted Wilfork, I think twenty one. Is it really? 21, 24, something like that. It's yeah,
0: in that range. Sure. Jordan Davis, future Done. New England Patriot. Like it. They're going with the planet theory. Ode to Bill Parcells. Grab the man as large as the planet. Well, wow, I look what's to. happened. Jameson Williams is available here at 22. Sold. To the wide receiver needy Green Bay Packers. Is oh, that the start of the... Wide receiver uh receiver desperate. Yeah. We got a start of the Green Bay Packers rebuild here. You have to, right? At receiver. Mean, Jameson Williams. I'm already doing it. We're picking Jameson Williams to the Packers. Yeah. Um, the Packers are going to be back up on the clock at 28 as well. Um, again, on the PFF NFL daily, we already discussed the Devontae Adams trade. But, you know, look, if, if Green Bay comes out of this and let's say they sign Julio Jones, what if, they, what if Aaron Rodgers is thrown to Julio Jones and Jameson Williams or Chris Olave next
1: year instead
0: of Devontae Adams? Is that like a win? Does that ultimately become a win?
1: I mean, at this point, what is like Julio Jones is a complete gamble at this stage, right? It is,
0: but that might be a gamble worth taking if you're the Packers. Oh, it's
1: worth taking, but like I don't think it changes anything in terms of the draft. No, no, no. I'm
0: saying they're going to draft somebody and then they still probably have to get creative with how they get another
1: receiver in there. No, I mean, it's not a... It's whether not it's Julio a, or someone else. It's not a win relative to keeping Devontae Adams. But also for the freed up money and all the other things that you can do. What, you, what you, you just took the freed up money and spent most of it on, on Julio your defense, Jones.
0: on bringing your defense back. Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, you know, and then up and Jair Alexander.
1: Did, uh, Jair Alexander is the do? one thing it might let you do. But other than that, you're spending a chunk of it on bringing in a guy like Julio Jones. No, like you keep Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. You keep him around if you can. Yeah. Yeah, I get it.
0: Uh, all right, Arizona Cardinals on the clock. They're not drafting another first-round linebacker. They will not. The top, linebacker, the top player on our board is Nicobe Dean. They will not be taking him. No. Um, Linderbaum could be in play here as a longer-term a longer play for the Cardinals. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, intriguing edge to, uh, to fill a need here for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that might be yeah. the
1: real answer. Having just yeah. lost uh, Chandler Jones, yeah, that makes too much sense.
0: All right, Jermaine Johnson, dominant. Senior Bowl. Only one real year of production. I think that's the red flag for me. One good year of production in college, but you could call him a late bloomer. Everything's been good since the start of the 2021 season. Let's go Jermaine Johnson here at 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. Pairing with J.J. Watt on the edge there. I think there's still more work to do in key spots for Arizona and receiver and corner. The value is not matching up there, though.
1: Mm -hmm. Puts Dallas on the clock at 24. I like Dallas as a drafting team because they just take what they need. They don't though. They do. They, they just do that. took um CD Lamb a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Nothing
0: on their roster said they needed it unless you subscribe to our theory where you always need three star I need three star receivers.
1: They needed it. That least wasn't two. a need though. They took the best player on the board. They needed at least two, and they took that because it was ridiculous. And it was Micah Parsons. And then they circled it back in the second round and got the player they were supposed to take in the first round. No. Mike.
0: They wanted to draft need last year, and then they took the best player available, which was Micah Parsons. Yeah.
1: That wasn't a need. They they had a million linebackers on the roster. They want to go after the player that fits the biggest area of need every single time they pick. I think you're defining need a
0: lot differently than I am. They drafted Micah Parsons while they still had Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, and a converted... As a uh, backup plan. Keanu
1: Neal. Because they were going to draft need, and they didn't. They, the need got taken off the board. If they were really drafted need, they would have stretched for some other corner that they no, thought they needed. Was, they're, not, like, they're not completely idiotic. But they will draft need unless there's a glaring reason not to. Dallas Cowboys, excellent drafters, aren't completely idiotic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Good call. They will draft need unless there's a compelling reason not what's, to. What's the need here? The need is they need to replace the offensive lineman that left. Oh, so you're going down to Zion Johnson here. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's going to hurt the plans for other teams that need Zion later. hurt <laughs> plans for other teams. Right? I don't
1: think the Dallas Cowboys care about like that.
0: Like the Bucs really need Zion. Yeah. Uh, I don't, previous I don't think, to the last few moves, the Bengals. I don't think like, Dallas gives a crap. So you want to get Zion Johnson. Yep. I like Zion. He moves See? well, can pass, protect, experience Done. a tackle. Easy. Zion Johnson, Johnson steps in at left guard to replace Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. There we go. Dallas has uh, another offensive lineman. Puts Buffalo on the clock here at 25. We've got one of the best rosters in the NFL. How do the, uh, how do the Bills handle this? So they're one of those teams where Ajabo is still on our board. I, I probably wouldn't take them this high. But this is what, kind of like the Bills strategy last year, right, is get these developmental prospects that are going to continue to keep the roster strong. I wouldn't take a job at this high, but I feel like that's the type of pick that the Bills could take. The other thing is, cornerback two should
1: very much be in play here. I think this is a spot where they might grab um, a guy like Linderbaum as just too good of value to pass up. Like, I know they have Mitch they just Morse. Just up to Mitch Morris. I don't think they care. Like, if you're. Near... I don't think either of those guys necessarily moves to guard, though. No, but on the other hand, it's one of those spots where it's not a position of need, it doesn't even necessarily work. Automatically, in terms of how you fit him in the team, but if you think he's this good, you just you can't let him pass you in the draft. No, see, I, I, what about corner, man? We've been trying to fill that spot opposite
0: Tre'Davious White for a couple of years now. Uh You got Kair Elam. You have Andrew Booth. um, Jalen Petre is more of a safety, even though he's listed as a corner in here. Uh, So I don't, I don't know if Petre ends up in the first round, to be honest. But I think one of those corners has to be in play. Yeah. I would not take Linda, But there's not a path to the field for him and Mitch Morris. I just, I'm just not seeing that. I mean, they would have taken Zion, too. I'd probably put him at right guard. Right guard's a question mark here for the, for the Bills with, with Cody Ford slated to be the
1: starter right now. Yeah. I mean, I just think this is a pick that you make if you're a smart team because you don't care about you take the better player and you figure out need down the line. I mean, I subscribe to that theory. Just not when you have to make a pick? No, it's gotcha. just when
0: cent, like centers one of those difficult ones, right? Because Tyler Lindebaum is a center. Mitch Morse is a center. Last time I checked, you can only start one of one center per game. Sure. Unless you go with the multi-center system, which would keep defenses <laughs> guessing. Hasn't
1: been tried a lot. I'm just saying. I mean, Kirk tried it. Yeah? Uh-huh. Tyler thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad somebody did. So
0: picture this. Linderbaum's on the field Morse is on the field you don't know who's gonna hold the ball you don't know where we don't know where the snaps coming from Josh Allen can get under either you know under center from either guy take the shotgun snap from either guy so yeah I mean I, I like where your head's at forward looking approach here um but unless we're doing that Linderbaum doesn't work I'm looking at Booth or Elam okay I mean you're out of your mind but whatever why am I out of your mind you, what are you, you going to do with Linderbolt? What are you going to figure out? Figure it out later. We got to figure it out now. You got to have a plan for this for these prospects here.
1: You just you stumble into a potentially generational talent at center, the best center we've ever seen enter the draft since 2014, and you're going to say, no, we can't draft them at number 25 overall. Because we already have Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse shouldn't keep you from drafting the best center we've seen enter the NFL in half a decade. They just Mitch Morse for almost $10 million a year. Okay. Flip him. Trade him. Move him to guard. Do whatever the hell you he need to. Don't let a guy pass you who you think is the Quentin Nelson of centers just because you have Mitch Morse. That is not what a smart team does, and this is a smart team. They're all smart. We're the GMs. Well, Okay. Even more reason. You don't let that guy slip past you in the draft. Next year, you're going to be looking at all pro Counterpoint. Tyler Linderbaum. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm glad we have this crappy corner. getting lit up every week. Counterpoint. Uh huh. Dane Jackson. Right?
0: That's my corner opposite Tredavious White. Okay. Or is it
1: Nick McLeod? Who cares? What do you I mean, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? You think a first-round corner is fixing that this year? No. Yeah, you. It's got to fix it this year and next. Okay, but it has to fix this, it is this for year now for, and the future. Yeah, but it, it's not working this year. If your solution, if you're, you're you want to draft a center to fix the team this year, if to your make The your problem is our starting corner this year is going to be bad, the first round corner that you're picking to fix that probably isn't fixing it this year. I'm not talking so about. Not, but
0: it doesn't matter. Like you of course have to it fill the spot at some point anyway. But then fill it next off season.
1: You're not making any sense. I'm making perfect sense. You
0: On one cannot, hand, you're telling me let's draft, let's what I'm telling not you, worry about this year. On the other hand, it's like we're just going to draft two centers and not have any
1: idea where they're going to play. What I'm telling you is that you are almost certainly not going to fix the starting cornerback problem in the draft this offseason, at which point you can fix it next offseason. So this year is not a factor. No, so grab would, the guy that's just a better player. I would draft Linderbaum and maybe dangle him in front of the center needy teams that are ahead of me. That uh, that you know, that passed on them.
0: That passed on him because there were
1: other players that they wanted more. You're the worst GM ever. You dangle them. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a player that you passed on and convince you to trade for him. Yeah, but they passed on him because like the Seahawks
0: had to draft Malik Willis and not. That's
1: the worst draft strategy I've ever heard suggested by anybody.
0: That's implying that they passed on him because they don't like him. No, because he was probably 15th on their board and they were picking 14th or whatever it is. They just had somebody higher my, than him. My, my draft strategy is drafting a guy like you dangle position, back to the Vikings, in a
1: position that isn't in need because I could trade him to the team that already passed on him. Can
0: we just trade down? That's, we can't. That's we, terrible. The Bills, the Bills draft room cannot decide on a player. Who wants to trade up?
1: You're gonna be a GM that gets fired after the right, first draft. Where's round two? Who needs a center?
0: You suggested something so dumb, the owner just can't let it pass. Give me some—who's in round two that's going to trade up and get
1: Linderbaum? Nobody. Nobody's trading up for a center. Why not? The Jets could. The Jets could trade up. No, yeah. Stop Jets. Are, Jets are sitting there at the top of the second. Just sack up. Stop being cowardly and grab the best player on this This is absurd. The people are not going to agree with us. Who cares? You're a GM. You don't listen to the people. No. You do because you coward. Like you did, would, the last mock draft you did was like, oh, we can't give the Jets a corner. I would take Andrew Booth here. Okay, you would be wrong.
0: Cornerback is far more important than your second center. Well, make him your first center. And Mitch Morse is going to play right guard.
1: Either right guard or trade him or bench him. Who cares? Draft the guy that you think is the best player to come along at this position in like a decade. Tell me about his salary structure and what the trade
0: looks like for Mitch Morse, the guy that we, just tra- that we just signed. Don't care. You don't, don't care? Do not give a crap. I'll try my because right you are trying guard. to move the podcast along, or you really
1: think all this of doesn't the above. matter? All of the above. Do not care. This, this is dragging it on. To be honest, grab the generational talent. Oh yeah,
0: thirteen million. Let's see if we trade Mitch Morse. Oh, God. Beautiful. Only twelve million in dead money. This makes perfect sense. Who
1: cares? Who cares? Don't,
0: yeah, don't worry about resources. Teams
1: are making moves that give them 50 million of dead Guys, money. Guys,
0: sorry that Sam just checked out of our mock draft. I'm sorry. If you're picking, if you're a good team and you're picking at 25 or later, Sam checked out. He wants to draft two centers, flip Mitch Morse, eat the dead money. No big deal. Sorry, Bills fans.
1: Drafting one center. The best one to come along in like a decade. At 25 overall in the draft. This is lower than those top centers go. Why weren't you this adamant when the Cowboys picked at 24? Because... They can grab they have Tyler Biatish. Because they he's, already grabbed, they can draft a different offensive lineman and still be fine.
0: No, but a generational center is better than the different offensive lineman. Yeah. but Why didn't the Cardinals take Linderbaum? Why didn't the Packers take Linderbaum if he's this good? Because the they Bills are the just going to drop every need and just fork over to it. It's a Linderbaum and 12 million bucks. Yeah. That's what you're drafting.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, there's no reason Mitch Morse can't play right guard. Let's
0: move Morse to guard then.
1: Done. Draft him. Oh, Hit it, Tyler. Fixed. So absurd. Perfect. This is absurd. Excellent. For the record, I would go corner. Yeah, but the re- you, you, you. For the record, you would draft the guy and then dangle him to teams that already passed on him in the hope you no, trade. No, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm saying if we were forced to. Uh, draft
0: Linderbaum I would also dangle him to yes the people that passed up on him because they still have a center need and you can't pick two players with one pick that makes last even, time I checked
1: that makes even less sense if you were compelled to draft Tyler Linderbaum by a power above you you would immediately try and trade him away Why? can get yourself can't you, fired by the power above you but why can't you comprehend this because
0: other teams had to make that decision. Do I want to draft a center? Do I want to draft another position or another player? And at that point, they had you can only pick one. It doesn't mean they don't like Linderbaum or don't want him.
1: I can comprehend it fine. I would simply ask you, when is the last time that trade has ever been executed in the NFL? We're changing the game here. sir. Ever. Remember? Ever. It's in, the, it's in the open. There have been drafts for decades. We're
0: doing things differently. When has that trade ever occurred? Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers were traded for each other. That, that, after that's the fact. not the same. It's the same thing. That's in draft and the trade trade at all. It's a draft and trade. Titans they, are on the clock. They were traded because Eli refused to play for the Chargers. Yeah, and Linderbaum's probably going to do that in Buffalo you think? when he already sees a center that's yeah. locked up for three years and $10 million bucks? I don't want to play for one of the AFC favorites. All right. Can we get together here and draft for the Titans? Yeah. Titans are on the clock here. Okay. I agree with this dude. Or yeah, Steve is destroying Sam. And, uh, and what? It doesn't matter. You st- hey, Titans are up. What are we looking at here? I've been giving them Dean, that linebacker. Okay. That's an issue there. Corner's an issue now again. They just released Jackrabbit, right? Into the wild? <laughs> Into the wild. <laughs> They just released Jack Rabbit. (laughs) Jack
1: Rabbit has been freed. He's he's out there. They brought in a little wooden box, you know, pulled up the front. Just let let him go. go. See ya. (laughs) Jack Rabbit's out there. He's scampering away into the – Yeah, just
0: waiting for my depth chart to load here. Sorry. Um, Linebacker makes sense. Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley are the starting corners. Um, Both guys come with their – I mean, Fulton was good last year. We know Farley has his issues. Um, But at linebacker, they do have Zach Cunningham. David Long, next to him, heads into the last year of his contract. Jayon Brown's a free agent. They like to blitz a lot as well, or they like to use their backers as blitzers. That's what I keep doing to uh, talk myself into Dean.
1: Where else would you go? Anywhere else? Uh, I mean, I think Dean makes a ton of sense. I, yeah. I wouldn't hate. I mean, cornerback—you can never have too many of them. So even though they have those two guys, I wouldn't hate it. You even when they had Julio Jones, and now they have Robert Woods. By the way, they did trade for Woods yes. over the weekend and
0: his big contract. Right? They only gave up what a fifth or a sixth. Yeah, I think I it was a fifth. Which, I think yeah. I think either that. way, it was a it was a day three pick for Robert Woods, which seems like a steal for the player, obviously. But Woods coming off injury and has that massive contract. Um, but even when they had Julio Jones,
1: you were mocking Traylon Burks. Yeah. To them. I like that. He could be in play as well. Don't hate it. I think it's less it's less of an acute need now that they brought in Robert Woods. But yeah, I wouldn't hate it if they grabbed him. So do you want to go Burks or I would Dean. go Dean. I think too much. All right, let's go to Kobe Dean. One. And we've got a
0: linebacker here for the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puts the Tampa Bay Bucks up on the clock. I mean, if you're talking about Direct needs; They need a left guard. This is where I think they're hoping a Zion Johnson is available. And we ruined it. But uh, we did ruin it. Um, so where, we, where would we go with the Bucks? I think interior defensive line, because uh, they haven't brought back at the moment. They haven't brought back in and Sioux. They haven't brought back Jason Pierre-Paul, William Golston. I mean, there's a lot of holes on that defensive line at the moment. And I think it's a place where they need to get younger. I don't know if the board matches
1: that need all that well i think this i mean Kenyon green is a guy that's probably going to go in the first round or could easily go in the first round we have True. him lower on our board but in terms of uh consensus pick he's a guy that could easily slot right in and pick and, and fill that guard spot renner dropped him a little bit he was in our first round conversation so you could see by
0: like the adp he was at 28 we had him in that late 20s range yeah prior to the combine
1: you have a green come in to play left guard? Yeah, I mean they've already shown a history of coming in, picking that that one spot that they need to fill. So yes. All right, let's do that. Green Bay again. Kenyon Green, guard.
0: Now, if you're the Packers. Having already given them Jameson Williams. I already have Jameson Williams. You got the big speed guy coming do you off his Double ACL? up a receiver here. Coming off his ACL. Coming off the ACL, right? Doing even more wide receiver insurance. Traylon Burks, Sky Moore. Are they in play? Um, for the Packers. Or, or, hear me out, Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: huh? <laughs> Sam Howell to the Packers. What's the most we can piss Aaron Rodgers yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's already I mean. a way of winning.
0: See, so what, what you need to do with Aaron is take him on a little roller coaster ride, right? So he's feeling pretty good. Five picks earlier, he's got Jameson Williams. He's feeling pretty good. Hey, mm-hmm. Packers are doing me well. Doing me a solid. Now you need to upset him Best deep threat I've ever had. Now we need pissed off Aaron Rodgers again. You draft Sam Howell or any other quarterback. Could be Matt Corral, Desmond Ritt. Doesn't matter. Any other quarterback. Two more years of MVP Rodgers. And that's the best play here for the Packers. Uh The motivational ploy worked
1: in 2020. Yeah. Go back to the well here in 2022. Hmm. All right. Feels unlikely. Anyway. We other really wide receivers that. that would be in play, I think. George Pickens from Georgia. Um, I, the the combine that he had, I wonder if Christian Watson is legitimately in the first-round conversation. It's a, it's a big reach relative to where we have him on the draft board, but that's the kind of conversation that is happening after the insane sure. workout that he had and the numbers that he posted and the size and potential number one ability that he brings to the table. Um, so like Traylon Burks that we talked about before, Sky Moore – And then those two, I think, would be the other receivers that would be in that discussion.
0: The other thing I would think of, um, because I know we're talking receivers here, uh, Boye Mafé from Minnesota. Really good athlete, edge defender, pass rush, like ceiling potential, high ceiling potential. You have Rashawn Gary. You have Preston Smith locked up. But they have had that three-man rotation at edge. Gives you a little bit of insurance there. I think a guy like that could be in play. I think safety could be in play. Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. I think Kirby Joseph from Illinois should probably be in the discussion here. I don't know if he will be, actually, on, on draft day, late first. But you have Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. Amos is in the last year of his contract. Savage, I believe, will have his fifth-year option as well. But I wonder if safety could be part of the discussion here as well. I'm just looking at also where the where the value matches. Mm. So I think safety... A high-end edge like um, Mafe from um, Minnesota. Minnesota could be involved, or if you double up at receiver, if you're the Packers. If we're the GMs here, I mean, I'm probably,
1: I'm probably trying every single receiver. Yeah, I mean, look, we I, I, this have is a good combo. This is something we said they should be doing anyway, even when they had Devontae Adams. Now, without Devontae Adams, I don't see how you can avoid just throwing everything you have at receiver and hoping you can patch up what you just lost. So,
0: what's the best combo here? For us, we've got Traylon Burks and Sky Moore right next to each other on draft boards. Burks, a monster at 230 after the catch skills. That's how they used him, but you want to project
1: it more as like a big X. I I wouldn't. Burks is the one I wouldn't draft. I, I think you can make a compelling argument for Sky Moore. I think I can see a case for George Pickens. Watson would be the like the home run gamble, but probably between Pickens and Sky Moore. I think Pickens and Watkins, man, a lot of home run.
0: Opportunities there,
1: yeah. I mean, I would just say, walk or Watson because Watson. Of, sorry, yeah, I said why. My bad. Because of insane size, speed combination coming from a smaller school as well. Obviously, adds the layer of of Pickens is probably you know, a first rounder though if he just plays the whole season. Yeah, and you know, it, instead of uh, South or North Dakota State, we're talking about Georgia. Like, yeah, it eliminates that element completely. And then Sky Moore, Western Michigan.
0: Quick, speed, gets open. Could see him being Rodgers' high-volume target
1: with Jameson Williams being the deep threat. Yeah. Go Sky Moore. I, Sky Moore or Pickens would be the the, the option. Like the coin Oh, flip.
0: man, I'm so intrigued by Pickens.
1: He reminded me of Brandon
0: Lloyd with the way he just catches everything and is everywhere near his radius. Do you want to go Pickens? Sure. Wow. All right, yeah, we're trying to hit home runs here with the Packers. How far down is he on the board at the moment? Not that far. He Forty go? something. There we go. George Pickens to the Packers. So the Packers are getting Jamison Williams out of Bama, George Pickens out of Georgia. We're doubling up a receiver. This mm-hmm. is how you get them back on track. Got to win through the pass game. That's it. Dolphins at twenty nine. Boy, would they love Linderbaum. That would have been a good pick here. Yeah,
1: they can't have him because we already. Cracked. This was the Niners' pick. Initially, another reason the Bills move is shrewd keeps them from the uh, division rival Miami Dolphins. Okay, that's the it took you an hour, but that's
0: the best argument you made. That's just like you draft the best player, it keeps them away from the other point number seven, the rest of the league. All right, where are we going here? If we're the Dolphins, Uh, offensive line, you still probably want to you know shore it up a little bit. We don't have another offensive lineman until 50. Abraham Lucas, tackle out of Washington State. They're uh, they're hosting Toronto Armstead this weekend too, so they could come out of here with a legitimate starting left tackle mm. to go with left guard Connor Williams, and then they'd have all the other, you know, young players that they'd have to sort out there.
1: Yeah, Connor Williams, decent upgrade. Robert Hunt, the one incumbent from that offensive line that you're relatively confident in. The other three spots need to be addressed. So they need a left tackle, they need a right tackle, they need a center. Uh, you know Robert Hunt. Maybe you could argue is a better right tackle than he is a right guard. So maybe they just need a guard. But either way, you need essentially a guard, a tackle, and a center at some point, and you haven't got one yet. I just don't know if I'm going to. So I
0: think safety should be in play here too. I don't think I'm just going to force a lineman just because because of needs. Mm. They're just so far down on the board right now for us. I think safety could be the Brisker, who I mentioned from from Penn State, could be in play. I think he could be a really nice fit with uh, Javon Holland there.
1: What do you think? Would they grab a quarterback? Tua, who knows? Teddy Bridgewater, bridge quarterback in name and ability. And then, you know, Streveler. That's not keeping you from doing anything. Is this where you grab a quarterback? I mean, realistically, I doubt it. it. And watch him get murdered behind a bad offensive line. (laughs) Right. Um, Edge defender could be another
0: one too, even though they have invested uh, in Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips. They have Andrew Van Kinkle, of course, mm. who's excellent, of course. Um, but they could be in play for Mafe too. I don't think they're going to go QB. I don't think I would even go QB at this point <laughs> with Tua. Just you know, they bought into Tua. I'm
1: buying into Tua. Yeah, just just going to wow. just going to buy in. Um, just see. They'd also be an intriguing spot for a linebacker. Um, Jerome Baker, I guess, is okay. I, I don't know how much confidence you'd have in him. Uh, generally,
0: I wouldn't. But they've they've saddled me with a three year, <laughs> over
1: twelve million dollar a year contract. Yeah. With a, Baker, Alandon Roberts, okay, fine. But if you if there's a player you like, I certainly wouldn't hate that. Are they done
0: at receiver? I mean, this is the weird thing about the Dolphins roster. Like, it's pretty solid across the board. Are they done at receiver? Probably with Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle. And Cedric Wilson, right? Yeah, they're done at like Gasicki at tight end and Durham Smythe back at tight end. Like, there's no, there's not a whole lot of places on the roster where it's like, boom, there's the glaring need other than offensive line. But the value just doesn't match up right here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go cornerback insurance with you know you have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones? They're well invested in and you know locked up for a couple years. A lot of what ifs here for the Dolphins. And again. In reality, will there be some def- offensive linemen there? Probably, but all right, got to pick something. I'm kind of intrigued by safety, to be honest. I like Jaquan Brisker as a player. Okay. We're going to talk you into Brisker? Sure, do that. right. We're going safety here. Shore up that secondary. Probably an unexciting pick for the Dolphins, but I think this is how the board might fall. Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State, making him a late first-rounder, going to the Dolphins. Puts uh, three more picks here. We get the Chiefs on the clock here at 30. Uh, both corners, Andrew Booth, Kyer Elam. I've given them Elam a couple times th- uh, during the draft here. Where do you want to go if you're the – you could go edge defender too. So, Ajabo's still there.
1: Again, torn Achilles. I think he's probably Moffa's out of the there. first round given yeah. the Achilles. I don't think teams are taking him in the first round. I don't think I would take him in the first round. I've said, like, I think there's a difference between a torn Achilles, particularly now. Uh, versus a torn ACL, uh, particularly one that was suffered months ago. So the Jamison Williams thing, I've argued that an ACL should not really affect his stock whatsoever. I think he should be expected to be good year one if he's going to be good. And the fact that he's torn his ACL, it's a relatively routine injury these days. I don't really care. Torn Achilles suffered March, whenever that was, a couple of days ago, March 18 or whatever. That's a different thing, particularly for an edge rusher, where right. you need that explosiveness, et cetera. is not making our first round here. Right. right. I, I don't know. And, I, again, I think there's a difference. I think there's a reason where that is true relative to a, torn a, to a torn ACL. I don't think it's inconsistent to argue those two things. Uh, so Jabo I don't think, is on the board for us at this point, or at least not in the first round. Um, so, yeah, I think you're looking at corner. You're probably out of the receiver market when you by bringing in Juju. Um Certainly in the the first round, but Boye Mafé on the edge makes some sense. Um, I I don't know where they are in terms of being sold on those linebackers. They've toyed around with that. They've finally gone to the duo. I think that probably should have been starting for them all last season in terms of Nick Bolton, who I think they do like, and then William Gay, who maybe, we don't know. Um, So that's a spot. This this is just Willie Gay. Willie Gay. Not William from a couple years ago. Oh, shoot, what just happened? Um, so I think that's an option, depending on how they feel about Willie Gay. Uh, but corner makes a lot of sense. Willie Gay's short area range
0: just, like, boggles my mind sometimes. Guy breaks up passes that he just shouldn't. Anyway, um, my depth charge just went crazy. Hmm. Good job, Ultimate. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I, you're right. So, like, some of those linebackers could be in play. Moffat could be in play. I would lean corner here. If I'm the Chiefs, I think Andrew Booth from Clemson, K. Or Elam. I really like Elam for what they like to do schematically. Yeah, I don't know why. I've, I think I'm a little bit lower on Booth in general than where Renner is, but um, I'd be happy with either one there. I think Elam I Bobby think wants. makes some sense. To All right, City. let's go Elam from Florida going to the Chiefs. Our Traverius Ward replacement uh, in the secondary that puts the Bengals up on the clock. I think their mock drafts have changed now. With all of their offensive (laughs) right? I mean, they've now signed three starters on the offensive line. So you don't have to force an offensive lineman here for the Bengals. So, again, they're doing a really good job of uh, fixing their issues now and adding flexibility to go any way that you want to go in the draft. Yeah. So where would you go? Hmm. I think corner is still the place that might need to be addressed. They bring back Eli Apple. You know, again, if he has, as I mentioned on The Daily today, like if he has to start, fine. But Eli Apple, Chidabay Ujie, um you have Mike Hilton in the slot. I do think, you know, looking for that for the future uh, at outside corner wouldn't be the worst move. That would be, you know, where Andrew Booth fits the value
1: here. Yeah. Um, don't hate it. I, edge rusher is always a thing. Um, Trey Hendrickson played exceptionally well, but they now have a ton of money tied up in the defensive line overall. Like the four starters effectively of DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard are all carrying an average per year over 10 million, um, which is fine. Like you can carry that, but at some point you're going to want to get cheaper. And they've they've drafted some guys who've got some young players behind them. But, you know, if you could find an obvious replacement in the first round, I think that would be good. I also wouldn't hate linebacker. Um, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin had some insane workout numbers, yeah, uh, and has been a productive player. So he's got insane run game production too. Yes, coming out. So and he's that guy. It shouldn't mean anything, but the the thing your brain does when you see a guy with that nice, neat progression in terms yeah. of getting better every single year, it just it it feels good. So if you have somebody like that who's gotten better every single uh, season of his career, who had insane production versus the run, and just posted workout numbers that are mind-bending, like you don't have linebackers that would stop you grabbing him. Logan Wilson, I think, played well last year. Um, like Jermaine Pratt, Akeem G- Davis-Gaither, nah. Those guys are still kind of young, and they like, I don't know, they kind of like them, but Pratt
0: heads into last year of his deal. Yeah, Chanel could be in play. I like Maffe, really. I really like that as a potential fit even if he's just like a designated pass rusher for them. Yeah. Um look, I think that's the type of team they are right now. The other real need they do they could use a starting tight end. They brought they did sign Hayden Hurst. They have Drew Sample. I just don't know if the tight end value matches here either. All right. So man, which one which way you want to go here?
1: I also wonder if they found themselves in the classic like Good team that just fix a lot of needs. Picking at the bottom of the first round. Oh, here's where we grab the first round running back that lets us, uh, you know, potentially move on from Joe Mixon down the line. I was just thinking that. I guess this is where Brees Hall goes based off his insane... Brees Hall, right, being an explosive threat in that off... I
0: mean, here's... When you have all those other playmakers, again, me, attracted to speed, anytime you add the speed back, I'm like, you know, that's where I would add him, right? If it's like, I got all these receivers... Try to cover them. And, oh, by the way, I've got a speed back. You know, if we get it blocked up up front or if we use them in the pass game, I'm not ready to go there yet. Mafe I'd look at, and I'd look at Booth, man, at, at corner. I don't think corner depth is, uh, is where it needs to be for the Bengals. Okay. So you want to go, let's go Booth. Andrew Booth. He's mm-hmm. 27th on our board, going at 31. We got good value there. And that puts the Lions on the clock here at number 32. And uh, what I've been doing pretty much in every mock draft is drafting Sam Howell at the back end. Taking a shot at quarterback. Are you willing to do that? The Lions grabbed Kyle Hamilton way back two hours ago mm. in, uh, at pick number two overall. So you got Kyle Hamilton in. Do we go QB here, last pick, just to lock in a fifth-year option and take a shot at QB? Or do we completely punt on the position here in the first round and just continue to build this roster.
1: Yeah, that's, that's going to be their decision, I think, if they don't draft uh, Malik Willis at number two, is how much they like any of the quarterbacks that are remaining at the bottom of the first round. And so, who we, we, do we have two go? Malik Willis, and do we have another one? Or is it was just, just Malik Willis. Just Malik Willis. So we've got a choice of essentially every other quarterback on the board other than Malik Willis. Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong,
0: Bailey Zappi, E.J. Perry, they're all available. All oh, of them, every one. I had to get E.J. in there because you know, Kelly taught him in uh, in preschool or whatever, in elementary school. Yeah, you know? is that in the pros column? Uh, I told Renner to put that in the draft
1: guide. Okay. Steve's um, wife. Was I wonder. His, uh, elementary school teacher. I wonder how much Desmond Ritter is becoming more intriguing as a, as a prospect, uh, Ooh, based off yeah. some of his performances. Like when I. Before the combine, he was like, he seems good at everything, but not great at anything. And then really had an insane workout at the combine. We were like, oh, wow, that's not, that's not good athleticism. That's insane athleticism. Like, you're on a four or five flat for a guy that's 6'4, you know, 220 pounds ish. That's pretty freaking impressive. Um, he played well last season. Like, he is a guy that, you know, player, uh, people like Nate Tice from The Athletic have as their number one quarterback on the board and a lot of people think is the most pro ready of the group so if you're the Detroit Lions and you're saying all right we're going to draft the guy let's try and start him year two of this project and see how it looks Ritter is kind of intriguing
0: I could be talked into Ritter for a couple different some of the things you're saying but you know a few other reasons as well I don't I don't think you're just like looking at the workout and saying oh obviously he's got great potential because of the workout but um, I know he's working with Jordan Palmer and his group and they've already helped him you know he went from a guy that was intriguing prospect to a ninety-plus grade yeah. last year. It coincided with a lot of the work that he did with Jordan Palmer. I think that is a data point, right? It is a data point. Maybe not that the entire college body of work was great, but trending in the right direction. And again, for all teams that are picking twice, I don't know. I'm I'm willing to embrace volatility a little bit more. Look let's at do me. it. Let's let's go, Desmond Ritter here. Done. By the way, Pony got back to me. Oh yeah. Linderbaum. Come on. Steelers have never picked an offensive tackle in the first round of the Colbert era. 1996 was the last time it happened.
1: Yeah, but when was the last guy as mean as Trevor Penning? It's a fair point. Exactly. Look, you didn't give him the appropriate arguments. Like, you've got the black and blue division with a guy as mean as Trevor Penning versus Linderbaum, who just happens to fit the position that they draft more. Anyway.
0: I would have gone Linderbaum there
1: for the Steelers. Hmm.
0: But you were adamant, Linderbaum's got to be a Buffalo Bill. That's yeah. the way to go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was, uh, it was a perfect mock draft. I think it was well done all, all across the board here. There's our results. Can we save those off, uh, Tyler? Maybe we could tweet it out from the main account so people can really trash us. Dolphins fans are already upset with uh, safety Jaquan Brisker, of who course. I will perfectly fit into that. I'll perfectly fit him into that secondary with Javon Holland he'll be a great fit for you Dolphins fans and then we're going to circle back and get more offensive linemen later don't you worry they are reported to be uh signing Teron Armstead so who the we'll Dolphins are expected to sign to Ron Armstead so we'll see what happens there that would be a huge move for Miami this offseason getting him and Connor Williams on the left side and and you know well on their way so uh that's it We've enjoyed this. We love going through. Look, the fun here is not so much the picks. It's the discussion. It's the arguments about what the Bills are going to do. The friends we've made along the way. Yes. All the friends we've made. And that's you. Again, at some point, we'll have a, a fan-driven mock draft. So if you guys think you could do it better, that's fine.
1: You do it better. Do it better. Yeah, but you don't have your own podcast.
0: You don't. Well, you might have as well. But... Well, this is going to be their podcast. It's going to be the fan's podcast. Okay. And we'll let people do their own mock. Uh, don't forget, NFL Pod, 25% off. All of your PFF subscriptions. And once again, keep sending me those screenshots. We've had some good ones in there. I'll be picking a winner on the Thursday show. Send me screenshots that you subscribe to the PFF NFL Daily and the PFF NFL Podcast. If you don't subscribe to the Daily yet, go do that right now so you can send the screenshot in. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back again on Wednesday.